Greetings. This is about the Book of Runes by Ralph H. Bloom. Um, I've got the 25th anniversary edition again. Um, somehow either misplaced or otherwise lost um, possession of a previous copy of the book. But before I get into that, this is World Reading Club, and so finally I went to that's uh, been like the fifth or sixth time I've been there, but I went to Barnes and Noble and I got my um, Barnes and Noble member card renewed. Took me a year after getting back to the United States, more than a year. To get a Barnes and Noble's card, but here now I have it. Um, so I got that, and um, because uh, I had been in several times, and I realized that it's just not going to stop with me. So I would recommend it, people. I know uh, this is something that you should do if you get yourself committed. I mean, people. You pay a uh, Netflix subscription that's, you know, $12 a month or whatever. This is $25 for a whole year. And uh, $25 for a whole year. So, anyway, I got the 25th anniversary and I don't know what the hell happened. The membership was $25. I got a discount on it for getting the membership. Well, whatever. So get the uh, membership. Um, and I, I should have used this. Get $1 off any any Starbucks handcrafted beverage, grande or larger. And if you don't know, um, then, if you don't know, then, uh, oh, what was I going to say? Open to the mic. What? There we go. That's good. How you what doing? happened, man? What's happening, bro? Oh. Not, not much. Uh, are you telling me my mic is not good? You were, you right, were far on. away, but you're good. Hold on, hold on. I'm pretty sure I have a solution. <laughs> you're doing good. You're doing good. You're at the gym? All right, this one's going to be good right here. This mic is good, right? That's better, that's better. better. All right. Are you ready to give those martial arts classes? What's that? Are you ready to give your martial arts class? Um, yeah, man, I, I have uh, several people coming in and out throughout the day. Um, you, you know, I'm, I haven't I'm, been. Sorry, go ahead, bro. No, it's cool, man. I'm running it Bruce Lee style, man. All right. I'm just, was, you know, bringing people. And I was in reading and up about them. Bruce Lee. I was reading up about Bruce Lee earlier, about half hour ago, because I'm, I'm trying okay. to break the routine. If I could take advantage of 
coming to study early. Yeah. But it's going to be tough. They got to be up by 4.30 so I can be here at Starbucks at 5. Or at my other favorite place at 6. It's just uh, it's just new schedule. I got to force myself, force my body. Since I got used to working in the morning the last two weeks. Yeah. But it's been over a week since the election's been over. But it's just, uh, I don't know, it's just an experience. <clears throat> the, th the thing is, just my see. mom's not letting me sleep right now. And taking care of her is a yeah. little bit difficult. I can imagine. You know? So, yeah. but other than that, it's uh, no complaints, my brother. It's, it's good to hear you, man. That's good. Oh yeah, it's good to good to hear you too. I'm glad you uh, glad you're doing well. I know that uh, there you know lots of ups and downs in life and everything like that. Um, but uh, you know we do what we can, right? We we just keep on going. Yeah. I'm just right here in this line with fucking people. Sorry to use that language. I just it's just you know they damn. It's like you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. Like. No wonder they have somebody like McDonald's just taking orders outside. <laughs> McDonald's. McDonald's yeah, is always going to be serving the people. Yeah. You know? Well, at least it's not, Starbucks is, well, it's a little bit better than, you know how Burger King used to use, I don't know if you were around, you you know, you must be much younger. I mean, where it said, have, have it your way. Yeah. Remember the famous saying, have it your way? Well, Starbucks truly is having your way for real, but it comes at a premium too. <laughs> you know. Listen, I'm a. It, it all I'm comes a, at a I'm premium. A, I'm, I'm a definitely. Um, oh, this is a Starbucks a junkie, and like Starbucks and Amazon and all the companies in the world that everybody says are like so evil. I totally support them. I like give them my money. All the time, and um, as well as you know, supporting uh, people in the local community, and um, you know, independent and small business owners, and small and just just you know, everyday average people. Um, but I castigated Starbucks for almost um, so, a year and a half. Two years, they didn't get my money. I barely started. Yeah, I, I barely I, started going back to see them. I went Starbucks dark for ten years, man. And you know what it was? What? You know why it was primarily? What was it? Because I had a bad experience at the one in Montebello. They they had a big sign and it said City of Los Angeles, and they were trying to use their mask policy from the City of Los Angeles in the City of Montebello, and that's over twenty miles away from 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 City of, of Los Angeles. What's the problem with that, man? Disgusting. Oh. Well, you're using the laws from one city to apply them. Uh, to your convenience at will uh, on your city, which is 20 miles away. <laughs> hmm. um, so it was during the COVID period. And I said, you know what, Sid? These bastards aren't getting my money for at least like, two years. All right, well, I kind of lived up to the two years, but it was more like a year and a half. You know? Yeah. But it's all good, my brother. Short, so how's your week, man? Have you talked to Sarah? Boycott. Uh, briefly, um, How's she doing? She's all right. Uh, she just made a nice piece of art. 
um, that she dedicated to um, a lot of people over at Wisdom, and it was a very nice. Um, uh, yeah, it was a very nice um, dedication that she made for everybody. She asked everybody what their favorite colors were, and she made sure to include everyone's favorite colors in the artwork that she made. So. Um, I'm sure that we'll get to see it sometime soon when she gets herself situated. Um, let's see what happens. Uh, but yeah, it's all, all is good. And and how are your plans coming out to coming to stay with your mom to help Rod and all that? Well, that's that's good. I mean, that's why I'm. Uh, building up the dojo. I've got some plans in the works for this that, um, you know, I'm not going to talk about right now because they're not done. Uh, but once everything's yeah. done, you'll be seeing what, what it is and how I'm going to work that into, um, you know, getting my mom set up with a place and maybe even a caregiver and all that. So. Do you think you're, you're doing it to get her installed into some caregiving or are you going to provide most likely the caregiving yourself for I'm gonna provide caregiving for myself, you know, for whatever she needs for a while, but it'll be limited. It'll be like a like a tag team, like like they'll I'll be present while there's a caregiver there, you know what I mean? It's not like Yeah, because you, you gotta get not, up you, you 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 got just you have to set yourself but at the same time you're gonna go back to some kind of dojo in Florida and filing security work or whatever other job that you want to fulfill, right? So that's going to take some time right. to look for, right? Unless you know the Florida well, area no, well. And no, it's, I do know the Florida right? area well, but that's that's not about it. It's just, it doesn't matter. I don't, you know, I don't think that stuff's important to talk about right now just because um, it's not happening. I just know that overall, um, my plan is just to meet up with my mother and uh, go from there, you know, right? And and so I just got to take it step by step. Right now, I'm just I'm building up the dojo, and the stuff here is important for me to do that first. You know, it's like all that stuff yeah. about going out there is fine, but I need to put the the things in place here to make that even possible. So that's that's what this is. I don't even want to need to think yeah. about that right now. I, I just know that that's the end goal. But I appreciate you asking about it. Um, it's just I, I don't have the, exactly, the headspace right. for it. I only have uh, my brain thinking about what I'm doing here and now and why. Yeah, no, that's true. true. You, you, you take care of that and whatever advice I can give you to help you out. Though I know nothing about dojos or, or I know about caregiving. I'm a master at that. And so uh, I think say. everything you ever talk about, uh, mental stability, uh, self-control, wisdom, knowledge, and, and having peace. Uh, when it comes to long-term uh, caregiving, I think I can speak a lot, volumes on that. Mm -hmm. uh, I've been able to deal with my experience. frustrations that nobody understood. Yeah. Huh? So it's a very valuable experience. Yeah, because it, it had to come to the point where I could either be, go to, be going to therapy or I could... Mm -hmm. You all right, man? What's going on? So, there's, uh, seems to be some little cutoff here. The book of, uh, well, this is World Reading Club, and uh, 
I was going to be talking about the um, uh, the book of the book of runes, um, and I uh, showed a little bit of. Um, uh, there's going to be a better day and happier time. Vlad. And the the, the best I Vlad. could do. Uh, Hello, Vlad. Do you know uh, that you were you were gone? There was no audio coming from you for at least a minute, and uh, and then you just came back in and you were talking as if you never went away. So I just missed. I you just cut off for a while, man. I, all right. I was about to go into a speech. Okay, let me then let me let me cover that. Can you hear me now? Yes, sir. Okay, so basically what I'm saying is, you learn to walk by yourself. With nobody understanding your 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 situation, nobody understanding your job, nobody being there other than yourself. When let's say in my mom's case, she tends to make a mess. Like yesterday, she made uh, she has a urinal problem, which is called incontinence. So she peed on herself like maybe three times or four times in a day. And I didn't have money to wash i had to step out of the house but i before i did that i had to make sure she was cleaned you know so in things like that you can in my case i can't allow it to frustrate me you know what i mean of course so not allowing it to frustrate me i have to deal with it as best as i can with a good attitude that includes my tone of speech how i feel mm -hmm. As cold as it is, because it's getting colder right now in L.A., here in Monterey Park, where I live, and it's getting colder, and it just drives me the fuck nuts sometimes, where I just have to step out and maybe scream, like, why the hell did this all come? But when you've gone through many of those scenarios, your own body says, why do you even do that? Hmm. You already know the scenario. Why are you bitching, whining, and crying? Get up, stop acting like a little bitch. And be a man. When my sisters come at me with the same bullshit, I go, shut up, get up, and start acting like a woman. It's in you to do better. Nobody's going to be there, I tell them. Now you know when I have to bite the bullet, when I have to swallow my pride. Get up and work, and shut up and swallow your pride. And nobody's going to be there. Nobody's going to be there. Nobody's going to understand you. Nobody's going to want to be with, there for you. And nobody, when you call, they won't answer. So get used to that happening. That's how you deal with it. You understand me? Nobody else is there. doesn't matter if I get the best counseling, if I get paid counseling, or if I get five families that tell me from church, oh, brother, I understand you. I'm here for you. And bullshit. Nobody's there ever. Fucking liars. Nobody's there. The church is not there. They fail me. People don't answer their call and they forget what they told me. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's just a fact of life. Hello. Yeah. Using your McDonald's. Well, um, well, I mean, I know that's, uh, that's, um, that's you coming from experience. That's a, uh, like I said, that's a valuable experience before, um, you know, I think that a lot of people don't 
may not, um, and I know I haven't, but consider those very intimate details that can be frustrating just because of the nature of them. I mean, it's back to uh, changing diapers again. If you have kids, I never had kids, but um, I've changed a few diapers. And uh, yeah. this is the best school you will ever have when it comes to changing diapers. This is the best school, I promise you. Every person I've talked to, especially you has told me, if you were to settle down with a lady and have a kid, you would be so ready. Because you're already dealing with grandma as a kid. That's incredible, huh? Hello, will you be using your McDonald's for work program? So, yeah, man, you're good. Yeah, I don't have that experience. You know, I would like to think that I never will have to, but. Who knows what happens in this world to me. This tea is good. Thing, man. I've had to learn in this walk called life on how to deal with these situations. Nobody understands you. Nobody's there for you. You know? Well, I've been through some similar situations caring for people who are um, severely mentally ill and having episodes. Yeah. I, I can't, I'll be honest, I can't do mentally ill. I, I lose it. I lose it. I've been around mentally ill people, like my sister. She's bipolar, and she's learned. She's learned to work with us. Like deluxe breakfast. Yeah, breakfast. Uh, deluxe breakfast. She's learned to 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 adjust because bipolar people tend to be like alcoholics, and if they don't get that shit under control, you you end up taking their abuse. So I told my sister, nobody walks on eggshells for you. You get your shit together and you start acting like what God made you a woman. You might have your problem, but there's something in you called self-control, self-dominion. Thank you. So I go, so if you don't start taking care of that shit, I go, don't don't come around. I go, I don't want to hear you. If you can't come around to help out, don't come and, and make my work my day worse. I go, because my life is a hundred times more hellish than you. I look at me how I walk as an adult, mature taking my shit and nobody understanding. So don't expect me to always understand you. You come in here with a bad attitude, you better put that shit at the door because your mom deserves the best and not for you to be coming in with your little triggered little fucking attitude where you where the whole world is crumbling and fuck. You live like a socialist, having worked a really a truly a day in your life like any of us. I got 35 years worked and I feel it, my body feels it. You have, I paid your way through through life, I go. It wasn't my father's taxes because my, my father died in 79. It's all the taxpayers from the United States of America. We've been paying for your, for your health problem, for your burn victim, uh, as a burn survivor, I go. Just be thankful, I go. You know, and I'll tell you this, Hakeem, I had to clamp down on my sister because the problem with her is, is, is she started coming around a lot not having enough money for bills, most likely misusing money or whatever. I got her off the phone from Boost Mobile Network. She no longer uses Boost. She now uses uh, the Obama phone. You probably heard the Obama phone here in California. No, so she I uses the Obama no phone. I don't know what that is, man. 
Okay, Obama phones are, are, are given mostly to people on, let me explain. Obama phones are mostly given to people on SNAP benefits. Okay. One and I'm two. I'm very ignorant. What are SNAP get, benefits, first of all? What is that? Uh, it's what you call welfare or food, food stamps. Okay. Food stamps. So it's given to low income people that are barely making it. So my sister's on, on full benefits of all types. And she feels entitled. That's her attitude. And one thing I've tried to show her over time is you're not entitled. You don't deserve what you're getting. You have to act like humble. Be thankful you know, to God, to very, life, to people. The, the stance that you have on mental illness is a very uh, harsh one. A lot of people would consider it's not one that I've adopted, especially with somebody who's bipolar. And you're very fortunate that you're that in response to that, your sister hasn't killed herself. No, she has no reason. Oh, she attempted, not because I, because of me, because of her own problems. And I even had talked about the suicide that she attempted one time. I go, you don't, you stop that shit. That's going to be harsh times in life, I go, thank you. And, and I go, and, and you haven't gone through. Uh, there are people who, um, are, who have this kind of diagnosis that just, on a, yeah, on an increased Oh yeah, they're on medication. Uh, at, She's a not, higher, at, whoa. at a higher rate than most people, they, they commit suicide and are more sensitive to those types of uh, things. That's all. Uh -huh. Right here. No, don't, don't get me. Thank you for even mentioning that, because the talks we've had of the family with her is is she got stuck in the past. She's a 56 year old woman that acts like she's 13 sometimes, 15 maybe at most. Yeah. And we we try to have talks with her where, where we help her. And yeah, she's made it. I go, but we've, we've told her with love. And I go, you, you can't be ever resentful with anybody. I go, because when you insult us, we forgive you. Yet when we insult you, and, and, and I know when I insult you, I go, you're not forgiving. You could be a real bitch and very disrespectful, I go. And you like to hold on to that bullshit and use it as a victim. And nobody, I go, nobody owes you anything in life, I go. You, you got to get up again. You got to start doing things for yourself. We're constantly admonishing, motivating her. We're for her. You know, we help her. You know, it's not because of obligation. It's not because of a debt. It's not because uh, we have to. It's usually because of her need that it's met. We have compassion and mercy with my own sisters, you know. Yeah. And, uh, even my older well, sister, much older than her. When, when she went through her divorce, she needed to vex her, the, her, she needed to vex her emotions, whatever was bent, was, was built up over time. And when she, she got divorced, she tried to come to my house and I had a big fight with her three months ago. I let her have it. I just told her off like I haven't told a woman off in a while. Because you have to understand, we're Hispanics. We're very, we're very spicy. We're very passionate. Uh, so what ended up happening is I had to put my sister on check. Ever since that talk three months ago, she started laying the fuck back. And she knew I wasn't going to be taking her shit. I told her very clear like this. You can't expect me to respect you. You just come in and you come in with your own opinions about me and you try to come in and, and attack me and go, 
I go, that, that shit's not going to be pulled right here. You got to watch yourself how you thread. I go, I'm not a type of brother that takes things lightly. I, I'm very forgiving. I let a lot of things go. I don't let them build up. But when they do, you know, let's say they do build up, right? And they do happen. Guess what? You're going to hear me, you know? We're not always going to get into it, but when we do get into it, you're going to learn how, I, how I've been feeling, you know? I don't try to be abusive because I'm not. I don't try to be vulgar because I'm not, but I am vulgar without contradiction. But you're going to know how I felt. like Just like you were complaining, bitching and crying and whining and complaining that I was like this or I was like that, you're going to know how I felt. And you're going to... You're going to start saying, oh, shit. I go, yeah, you got your own problem. I got my own problems, And my problems are worse than your problem. Because I don't have a life. You know, I really don't have a life. I try to give myself bits and instances of a life. But I truly don't have a life. Okay? When nobody understands me, me I don't have a life. I... What's up, bro? Let me ask you this tough question. If... Do you have the means to put someone in an assisted living home or something like that? Uh, or, and the other part of the question, if you do, or if you did, would you? Uh -huh. I would, but I'm going to wait till she goes down the bottom where she's either totally deaf, totally blind, and she can't even be independent even for a couple of hours. I'm not going to do it now because I thought about it. Don't get me wrong, Hakeem. Everybody told me. And I know I have to do it sooner than later. You know? Well, I mean, I'm, I'm not I have saying to. that. But, but, it's just that. No, no, no. No, no. Let, let me say. Let me, let me speak my piece. I, I understand because I thought about it. But I, I cannot do it now that we're still happy because if I do that immediately, even my own welfare is at stake. Uh, we depend one from another. You know what I mean? Yeah. My my own economy depends on her. So I cannot just do it. I would have to at least be working already because the, the transitioning over to some kind of assisted living in a, in a convalescent home, senior living kind of thing, yeah. arrangement, they'll take her. They'll take her quickly. They'll do the paperwork immediately. Social Security will start paying the money. They will, she won't receive a single penny anymore, but she'll be taken care of. Right. And, and she'll be there 24-7. I could visit her during, during, uh, during working hours. It was usually 8 in the morning to 8 at night. But uh, in, in her case, I, you know, I cannot really do that right now because it will throw off everything. It would affect me like you can't imagine. Okay. So unless I have the safety net, of another job uh, uh, working out of, you know, getting paid at least $27, $30 an hour and maybe having a side job for anything, for backup, I cannot really do anything, honestly. Mm. It, it wouldn't be right. So it would hurt me. It would hurt me in a way. So right now my setup is, is, is nice. My setup is really nice right now. So we're, that's why I'm, I'm, I'm patient, I'm peaceful, and it's good, but I'm not understood or comprehended by my siblings. In fact, if my mom was 70 and I could go back to a regular job, I would have a long time ago without having to, to, to work for the county 
as a caregiver without having to be spend great amount of time with my mom because I know she could do things on her own. She would be well. She would be in her senses. She would be ambulatory. A lot of she 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 she's uh, half of that now. And unless unless the job doubles or triples worse than now, I'm not letting her go because I need to set myself up. That's why I'm looking into other avenues, kind of like what you do. You got the dojo, you got the security job, you got any other jobs, and you got the broadcast, podcasting, all that. Um, God bless you on that. I have to look for at least three or four, maybe a maximum of five different avenues of of income coming in. So I could, so I could, because here, rents here in California are horrible. I have a place to stay with friends, but I really don't want to bother them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Are you there? Um, yeah, I'm here. I, Can you hear me? I, I really don't want to bother. Yeah. Are you able to hear me? I really don't want to bother. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I get it, man. Um, I have to just, I've just been working on designing my life the way I want it to be. And I've just always been on that path. A few things have, um, a few things have derailed me and sidetracked me, but it's just been my own doing. And, yeah. um, you know, one was that, uh, well, I mean, I started off in the fitness industry, which is one of the main things that I was doing. Oh, yeah. And uh, also working in film and television. And oh, yeah. my third gig of doing security at Maybe. bars and nightclubs. Yeah. Specifically very popular ones. And, uh, I, I wouldn't mind worrying, working a bar. Uh, security I've done, but I risked it because I didn't have no type of permit or license. Well, the and thing is, I was just following that other. Huh? You can work. The thing is, you can work as a doorman and simply be responsible for checking people's IDs. You know, this is an ideal thing to do. And uh, it, you know, I, I really and the problem is, that... I, I I give in. I I give in. I get, I become crooked, bro. I hook up. Well, listen, I'm not talking about that. Listen, oh. The thing is, is that there's a problem. The industry needs to be infiltrated because so many people, you know, there's a there's a very poor um, condition of training because a lot of these guys are so hot headed. They're just out there pushing people and throwing people around and doing all this stuff. And it's like, and and they make all these excuses about it and be like, well, you know, you what would you do if this person was doing? And I just. I don't know why I don't get in those situations. That's the interesting thing. Um, but that's the culture. They're going to be touching each other and pushing each other around. Sorry, Hakeem. It's very barbaric. Um, so it's very barbaric. Continue, continue. I mean, we could take it out on the. I'm just having a conversation. Take it out on the ring or in the street. I mean, but all this, you know, all this. Um, a, a lot, a lot of things could be taken care of in the ring. The problem is people <laughs> aren't willing to take it to the ring. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it should be. I think that we should just have gladiator matches for everybody. If people have beef, as much as they want to step in the ring, let them step in the ring. I mean. Sure, there might be a lot of concussions and maybe even death, but hey, you know, shit will get solved really quickly. 
And people and maybe and people will then realize that fighting is not a good idea. <laughs> you know, it's like it's just not a good idea. So um, funny my sister bought me uh some mail that I had at her house and it came in a um, in this bag and it's a Barnes and Noble bag. And the funny thing that when she called me at Lynn Haven Mall, and uh, at the time that she called me, because I was buying uh, this book called The Book of Runes um, by Ralph Bloom. It's the 25th anniversary edition. And uh, I'm going to do an opening of this and open the runes and do some runamol. Cup of tea as a Christian because it's probably like satanic worship to you, you people, but uh, I'm gonna do that. Of course, on, on, on I could smell the satanic worshiping, yeah, I can I'm smell gonna, that satanic worship a mile away. I'm gonna, I'm gonna unleash Odin upon us. <laughs> <laughs> the wrath of Odin. And That's cool, man. That. Hey, do so. So the Barnes and Nobles exist over there or in Virginia? Yeah, man. I mean, it's been all over the place, but I'm so glad that there's one within bike riding distance for me, or else I'd lose my shit. Are they are they big or small? Oh, it's big. Oh man, that's my kind of size. store, brother. I could I could literally spend all day reading and just going to their, I mean, their very version I've of. Been there before. I could literally be all day at a at, at one of those stores, man. Honestly. Yes, sir. No, nope. oh, I, I totally get you. You're not. You're not shitting me. I know. I'm not only a buyer, but I check the wares. I check the stuff before I buy it. Hey, William. You know. How you doing? Right here, brother. So, I um, yeah, I definitely uh. Um, we can spend all day inside those bookstores for sure. So, um, I just, I have an addiction obsession with reading. But, but stay away from the, 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 the satanic worshiping, the Pentagon, yeah, yeah, gotta, the Pentagon, Pentagon and all that. I definitely got to stay away from that. Um, I, um, also I renewed my, it's only $25 a year to get a Barnes and Noble yeah. membership card. And you get, if you buy every book. month, if you buy monthly, it's worth it. If you buy monthly, I buy but I have books more time. books. I have right now. I have more books than I could read. Well, you know? the thing is, is that um, the thing is that I I get books as gifts. I get books as gifts. So, hey, William, what's going on, man? Hey, brother, I just want let me let you know that you sound like you're in a tunnel. Vlad, I can hear really clearly, and 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 and, and, and volume's good. But for He's me, anyway, gym. you. Sorry? He's in a gym, brother. He's in a gym. Oh, okay. All right. He's ready That's to fine. kick ass. He's ready so, to do the morning kick ass. Yeah, so I sound like I'm in a tunnel. You know what? I'm going to stop giving an F what you guys say about my sound anymore. Unless it's like some atrocious thing. Unless you can't hear me at all. You know how many crazy sound places I've been in? I go to like Starbucks, and it's basically club Starbucks, William. And the music is so loud in that place. I just don't understand it. It's so okay. crazy. Well, what the problem is, I'm 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 part deaf in one ear. What I'm going to do is change devices because I have a volume booster. This one won't take the volume booster. So wait a minute. What about now? Is that better? 
at all. I mean, that's a little better. Yeah, yeah. But still, I have another device that has an older phone that I was able to. Wait, before, before, before I, before you do that, let me check something because there might be an interface issue here. Let me, let me, let me adjust something because. Okay. Let me just check on something here. Yeah, I, I, it's just hard for me to hear. That's all. But here, that's all. All right. How about now? It's still um, better, but but listen, I could up your yeah. volume tr tr with this volume boost on my other device. So I'm gonna I'm gonna get out and then I'll call back in again. So is what are you doing this morning? I wasn't clear what the room title is. Are, are you gonna do an, a workout? Well, or this. Well, no. This is. I'm just. I just broadcast from wherever I am. Oh, um, okay. I was actually. I was just actually. Um, I started this in World Reading Club, and I was just. Basically, um, uh, just showing uh, different things that people can do if they have a Barnes and Nobles in town, and um, just what I just showed you there, getting a membership and, and this book that I bought. And oh, there you are! I have my eyes closed. I'm talking to you with my eyes closed. I didn't even see you. <laughs> uh, right, and uh, and then there's a um, yeah. Uh, then there's a. Um, Is it cold where you are? It it is. Um, it's probably in the 30s, 30s or 40s. Oh, now. okay. With, with the sunlight out, it's in the, probably in the 40s or maybe low 50s today. But I haven't. Okay, checked. brother. I'm, I mean, I was outside last night. I mean, I work from 9 a.m. until 2 p.m. I mean, sorry, 9 p.m. Wow. until 2 a.m. And so, uh, you know, I stayed inside in the inside of the front door most of the time because it was. Uh, I remember <laughs> when I was riding home at 2 o'clock, 2:30 in the morning. There was a big sign outside, one of those big digital signs, big digital displays, and it said, it said uh, 36 degrees, and it flashed the time, and the time was like 2.37 a.m. or whatever it was. And okay. And it flashed back to the, to the temperature again, and it was 35. So it went from 36 to 35 in a matter of seconds. Wow. <laughs> sitting there. The temperature was just dropping in the early morning, and my fingers what? were in pain, which mine's not going to get <laughs> more gloves and thermals today damn it now that was this your dojo gym that i'm looking at yeah this is where i teach uh martial arts for healthy living and self-defense oh cool i i always wanted my father used to box in the navy and he when i was a kid he used to try and teach me some boxing you know what i mean not not much he didn't spend a lot of time with me but um anyway uh uh I, I was a big fan of not not martial arts, but of course the heavyweight era back then was Ali, Frazier, Norton, right. uh, Foreman. You know there was so much going on, and Ali was such so uh, a character. But anyway, that's another thing. So um, you were, you held up some envelopes, and I changed the subject. I'm sorry. What is it that you you were sharing with us? Uh, it's just books, man. It's just books. I'm just a fucking nerd that's reading, bro. And a friend of mine, well, an associate or whatever you want to call it, these people that were meeting on these social audio apps. I don't know what the hell anymore. People confuse me. Um, uh, sent me a, one of her books. She calls herself Eternity. So I got. Uh, a book. I haven't opened it yet. I was going to do a separate video where I open her book. So I, can, I want to make a video for her to show her book. And you know how. Oh, nice. And I'm kind of copying those, uh, uh, I don't know, those unboxing videos. I've, I've kind of seen a few of them on YouTube. 
but I just wanna I just wanna do that on, on camera. I'm gonna wanna unfold it and tear it open. Yeah. And if it doesn't open the way I want to, get frustrated and throw it on the floor and cuss out. Hey, when you watch MMA, right? Uh, yeah. Okay. As, as first of all, let me ask you: What was the what's the art that or multitude of arts? I don't know that you you uh, have studied. Um, I don't really. I mean, there are a lot, but I, I would basically say that you could say that it's um, uh, boxing, wrestling, and capoeira. I haven't heard the last one. Where where does that? Practice. Capoeira is an African art that um, was carried all over the world by various different slave, uh, um, how do you say, shipments. Uh, wow. Um, and so um, in my parents' country of Trinidad <clears throat> Tobago, it was called Kalinda. In the United States, it was called Jailhouse Rock. And okay. in Brazil, where it's most popular, it's called Capoeira. So there's nothing bigger in Brazil than number one is like soccer, <laughs> right? Number two is like capoeira. <laughs> oh no, and and so it's like soccer, jujitsu, and capoeira. That's how big it is. It's like those three things are like the hugest in Brazil. So. Is there anybody in MMA that's practicing this? Uh, I mean, that had, you know uh, that talks about that's their what's under their no, belt, but, you know. Um, but uh, um, uh, what's his awesome. name? Awesome. I, well, I, I'll be on the for him. This, but he does those jumps that he uses the fence to, as a springboard, and you whack the... Hey, Vlad. We, Vlad uh, first of all, we, we didn't hear who the heck you were talking about when you said that, but I was yeah. just saying something. I, I was trying to remember. Um, Anderson the Spider Silva has yeah. done Capoeira in the ring but has not, to my knowledge, because I don't listen to anything these fucking people say, has not, to my knowledge, mentioned anything about capoeira. Now, I do recall at some point in time hearing um, the, uh, and forgive me if I'm mixing up his nationality, but that Irishman, the big red-headed guy who um, uh, fought uh, that boxer, say, this is how much I know about the sport. I don't keep up with it. I don't either. Big, big match. And uh, he claimed that he practiced a little bit of capoeira for something to learn a mealua kick. Um, but uh, so now, Vlad, who the hell were you talking about? Because we, okay, we were, the, the I, guy. We muted. Hold on, I I barely saw him not long ago. He's a tall Brazilian guy, white guy, and he was known for using capoeira. And he's had several mm -hmm. fights, but I have not seen him. I don't think he's a champion yet. Uh, but he's up there. He's probably had championship okay. fights, but I don't know more. I, I would could get you his name, but just he does use capoeira, and he well, does use other obviously. Yeah, huh? it doesn't matter to me. I'm not. <laughs> I'm gonna see it when I see it. I don't actually keep up with a lot of that. Um, I I go and do research when I find things that are important. And plus, there are so many martial arts schools in the area. All I can walk thirty seconds and look in the window of a jujitsu school. And there's so many different places down the street. There's Muay Thai places around here. There's so much martial arts. And then, you know, so I just, um, I don't, I can see so many things live and in person with people practicing and taking apart the nuts and bolts. 
than to go than to watch uh, this stuff on on a small screen. I use that for research. Um, and plus, eventually soon in this ring here, they have sparring on Tuesdays. I'm thinking I might get inside there and spar with them. I do my own sparring with my sparring partners. Um, but uh, we'll see if I might do some of that. I hope you wear headgear when you spar, do you? Um, I probably would when I'm here. Um, it's going to be a good idea for everybody. But, um, you know, I had 77 fights with no headgear. So wow. I think, um, I think I'm... The only reason I mention is I know CT is in football. Three of the guys I play with killed themselves. Others are in yeah, tough shape. So that's a story. I, know I hate to see martial artists... Been- they're, they're head rocked, you know what I mean? Yeah, as far as I know, I've never been concussed, so. Um. Hold on, you know what, Hakeem, I'm going to uh, uh, go on my other device because I'm, I'm, it's part of it has to do with my hearing loss. So let me go do that where I can up your volume and call back in, okay? All right. So, William. All right, Bonus. I'm going to hang up. I'll talk to you in a little bit. Sure. You know, I um, so, I do so. So, Hakeem, how, how how good is your is your is your capoeira? I don't know, man, because I don't have a comparative capoeira to anybody. People will probably say it sucks, um, but I do have a video on here um, on my capoeira martial arts uh, show on Colin. Uh-huh. That's just me setting up a camera, and uh, I'm on video. Um, just doing what I do, just doing the movements. Let me see. Um, what are they called? Let's see. Capoeira martial arts. I put them under that show, and let me see. Um, the first the one. Yeah, it's moves. called. I like that. The gladiator move. <laughs> gladiator move. What are you talking about? You wrote, you wrote it down there, right under your camera. Oh, gladiator. gladiator. Yeah, gladiator moments. Gladiator moments. (laughs) Because, man, the stuff you're talking about, um, you know, having to take care of mom and all that. You see, that's that's my next step, Joaquin. Taking it to the ring. Training and taking it to the ring wouldn't matter. And and some heavy stuff. Venting all my my energies, all my passion right on the... the, Some heavy stuff, man. So, I know. Um, yeah, gladiator. So you gotta um, say, hey, Mr. William Bonatati, how is the sound for you now, sir? Or are you just in a black hole yeah, of no you're sound? You're good. William, are you there? Well, no, I, my other yeah. device, I have a volume booster where I could up the volume 125%, which I did, so I can hear you fine. Right. You know. and, and you're telling me that, so, but now what about Vlad? Is he going to be blasting in your ear? He's going to fuck your ear up? Blood, blood is always blasted in my ear. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, everything's okay. I, I, my newer device, for some times when people call, I don't know what it is with my LG5, but I, the volume isn't, doesn't go loud enough for me. This is yeah, a next. Um, yeah, there's, I've, what I've noticed is, um, like, for example, this particular headset and microphone that I'm using actually works really well for the sound when I play back, when I'm watching my videos and stuff here. And I'm, it may not be 
that loud, I don't know, but it seems to usually work really well for um, this device. This So this headset from J Labs with my uh, S20 uh, 5G, whatever this thing is from Samsung and calling. That's a, that's a very interesting thing because we have three, at least three things going on here. There's two pieces of hardware and then they each have their own software in them and then, then we're using call-in software. And I noticed no. that when I go from different apps, like if I go from call-in to Wisdom or before I used to go to Breakout and if I go to uh, Twitter Spaces or uh, Clubhouse and just other apps to use audio, um, it would be like social audio or social podcasting. The interfaces are different, but I've noticed though that Colin is one of the top, the best uh, audio recording playback um, that there is out okay. there. The number one playback though that I have that calls itself also social podcasting is Spreaker. And Spreaker is owned by iHeart, which also bought up Blog Talk Radio. And um, it's amazing. You can go live and you can take guests, but it takes a couple extra steps to get guests in the interface. I really think that Spreaker and Call-In should collab. I think that maybe even Spreaker should buy or absorb Call-In or they should merge somehow because, dude, that would take over the fucking world. <laughs> they have, like, Call-In right now is... From everything that I can see, man, like people don't realize this, but I said this when I first got on the app, like that Colin is the best, like the, with the features and everything that it does, like right now it's like the best app in the world for, for social anything, because you can choose to now um, have video or not, you know, once this beta testing goes live for, for everybody, once it gets released. So you can choose to have video or not with your podcast. Um, you have recordings and you have a basic transcript that works gangbusters, man, for, for making like extra content on the fly. Like sometimes I just copy and paste that um, transcript into a blog and put like a couple screenshots of, of, of a talk that I did or something I was doing here and, and, um, and it gets the word out. It just gets people to pay attention to what's going on towards, um, Specifically, World Reading Club is what I'm really focusing on and, and that information. However, my point in, in all of that was partly me going into like consultant mode, but also just explaining part of my process because I'm really just excited about uh, what I'm doing and, and why I'm doing it. And I just, you know, I just can't say enough. I mean, a lot of people, I feel like sometimes things just catch up with me. I actually have a podcast on Spreaker that says technology catches up with, with proclivity or something, but it's just, it was just me basically saying, man, finally the, um, you know, the, the ability to podcast and do the things I want to do and just get my voice out. The technology is finally here. And that's because Spreaker has the ability to, um, within its own software, while you're, uh, broadcasting live, you can also play a soundtrack in the background. So you can play anything you want. You can stop it. Um, you can pause it. You can play another track. I mean, there are some limitations in functionality. Like you can't rewind in a track while you're playing it. You have to, um, at least not for Android. Um, if you stop a track and start playing another one, 
Um, if you play the previous track, it'll go right back to the beginning. But, um, but and then you can adjust the volume in the background, and uh, it's it's really cool. And it broadcasts live, and so and then there's ability for people to call in. I haven't used that feature yet. Um, I, I don't know how it works, but. Um, did, but did you? I'm kind of new to all these alternative social medias. Um, yeah. And the only reason I started seeking them is after getting kicked off Facebook and, and Telegram, which is really weird. I was really, but that wasn't a live interaction yeah. either. Um, well, there so, are a lot of live ones now, sir. Yeah, you just call me Bill. So is, did you say speaker or streaker? I, I couldn't tell. I said, uh, <laughs> that would be funny if it was streaker. But no, it's a speaker, like a, like a speaker that you hear with, but with an R in between the P and the E. I so okay. spreak. Yeah, spreaker. S-P-R. Yep. Yeah. Um, and uh, I'll, I'll actually, I mean, it's in my main bio. Um, if you go to, yeah, my main bio, uh, at the first link on there, so this thing called Podchaser, and um, it has like a huge list of credits of like most of my podcasts that I've done. I actually got to plug in the ones from here because right now it says I have 183 credits and six guest credits. Okay. So, with, you know, with something really weird, I came is on my other phone, I can see the video feed on this phone. It, it's just grayed out. No, no, no. That's because I went off the screen. But watch, if you look at it now, I just turned the camera back on. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, so, um, hello, Alana. And who, what is Jerry? <laughs> Jerry, Jerry Maya. <laughs> Jerry Maya. That's great. That's Jerry Maya. Jerry Maya. All right. So, um. Or atheist. Uh, who's who's this atheist? What's up, atheist? <clears throat> atheist, you're uh, you're in the call queue, are you? Uh, and um, well, anyways, so hi, hello, hello yeah, atheist. how are you doing? We're doing all right. Just uh, uh, hanging out, having discussions about uh, various things. How you doing? All right. That's a cool sound. All right. So All right. So apparently we're having some uh, technical difficulties and call-in land, but uh, yeah, I am. Um, Yes, yeah, Spreaker is one of them, uh, Bill, and they're um, they're mainly podcasting with really good creation tools, and it's but it's powered up with like all kinds of monetization stuff. So I have ads like from major advertisers on my stuff, and um, great, and and it uh, it it uh, automatically publishes out to a bunch of places all at once, like. When you, you can choose to hit publish, if you've connected these accounts, you can publish out to, um, it publishes to Google, to Apple, to Spotify, to iHeart, to Amazon Audible, to um, Podchaser, to Podcast Addict, to Geo Shavanta, like all these different 
podcasting and it puts a video on YouTube. It puts an alert out to Twitter, to Facebook, um, and Tumblr even, and SoundCloud if you want to. I mean, it just blasts all at once, like the, oh. the entire, to, to all those places. So it's pretty amazing because it gets a lot of traffic that way. Um, That's awesome. Anyway. Now, do, do I find that in the Google Play Store? How do I find Spreaker? I'll send you a link right now to your messages because um, okay. uh, I have like, I think, yeah, I have an affiliate link that you get 90% off. Um, there is a free account though. So just keep that in mind. Okay. There's a free account um, that wow. you can record, but it's not long form uh, for the, um, the free account. They do limitations for a reason. They are a business, so. Yeah. Yeah, I just sent you a link, start a podcast. You can see it from my website. So you DM um, me the calling app, I assume. Yeah. 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 I just did that. Cool. Cool. Oh, now I can see you. Okay. Now I can finally see you again. That's interesting. I know. Well, uh, I whenever I go off camera, this camera shuts off when I'm not on the screen, when I'm looking at another app or doing something. So I have to manually. Uh, touch the screen on the camera icon in order to turn it back on. So, got it, got it, got it. I know That's Atheist good... is calling him from India, and I don't know okay. if maybe he's just trying to hear what we're talking about. Uh, but uh, anyway, because I've talked to him a couple times, you know. Atheist, it's him. noon uh, in the well, it's um, well, morning, Atheist. It's ten forty-eight where I am in Eastern Standard Time. Atheist, who's asking in the chat. Oh, so you're calling from the East Coast? I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Where, where are you? Are you in the East Coast as well? Yeah, you're in 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 uh, Corruptica, Corruptica. That's right. I'm in Corruptica, USA Inc. In the unconstitutional state, where it's supposed to be, where the Constitution, <laughs> you know, the home of the Constitution, I call it the unconstitutional state, so corrupt. Yeah. But anyway, I don't. <laughs> So you had some books you wanted to introduce this morning? That, oh, that yeah, you're... yeah. I was just um, uh, talking about, um, yeah, the, uh, the, the Book of Runes. And then I was going to unbox, so to speak, a friend's book. Um, but I, I like this, um, this talk as it is right here. I'm going to do those separately okay. because, yeah, um, the, the, um, for World Reading Club, I want to be able to have a, um, a completely, um, uh, what you call it, um, a clear cut, like, um, piece of content that is just one subject from beginning to end. So, so I'll be oh, sh showing again, like, uh, so this whole setup is to show, you know, just to get, to put the information out, but useful information that people will be able to use the fact that they can get their Barnes and Noble card and it'll get them discounts on their books and um, and then also just to introduce the book of runes as well um, and I've even just said that stuff right now but there's a whole point and a rhyme and reason why I do everything in these discrete little quantum quanta these chunks of things um, because that's how I how I leave breadcrumb for people to ultimately get to a lot, just to connect all the information. Um, and giving it in bite-sized chunks is perfect with these media creation tools. 
they allow me to basically take um, the the contributions that I want to offer to people and, and continue to be able to get them out there with people not having to pay anything at all. I can just create them and deliver. And wherever I put them in this little chain, it's just a connection. I just put something here and it's just starting to make this whole flow all, all over the whole interweb spaces. Just ding, here's this one. World Reading Club, ding. So if anybody dares to, you know, to type in and do a search on Uniquilibrium or World Reading Club, it will get ensnared in a, a web of all of the stuff that I'm producing and inevitably <laughs> will lead them, you know, down a rabbit hole that will um, hopefully let them take that red pill, which much like the, uh, the red shift in that shows the expansion of the universe, their minds will open as opposed to taking a blue pill, like the blue shift that shows the collapse of the universe. If that's what it would be. So I want to... That's the real red pill definition people don't know about, is that it, it's directly connected to physics. Um, I didn't know that. Well, I don't think a lot of people know it, and I don't think that it's a thing that's even talked about in uh, pop uh, culture, but it could be. I don't know. I just It just came to me because of I happened to understand a little bit and happened to be reading, I think it was a book, interestingly enough, called The Cartoon Guide to Physics. Um, by a guy named Larry Gonick. I was telling somebody today uh, at a coffee shop, I was showing her the cartoon guide to chemistry, also by Larry Gonick. But um, in that book, it talked about, maybe I think that's where I got from, Redshift and Blue Shift. Many years ago, I published some blog, a very, not a very good one either, because I was going to turn it into a short ebook. And as I was going through it, I was like, this is an editing nightmare. But it was, it was about... Um, it was, it was called Olympus Has Fallen, and it's on hypnoathletics.com. And it talks about this idea um, about how I realized that. So the way that uh, physicists now claim as that it's a fact that the universe is expanding is that when you look at uh, solid objects and, or anything that, that, that light is coming off of towards us, so if light is coming from a star, that's, that's creating its own light, or if it's bouncing off of a planet or a moon or some gaseous thing, or anything solid that can reflect light. If that light is coming back uh, to us um, and it's more in the red-shifted zone, much like the Doppler effect when a vehicle is going away from you, when you hear like a car coming, Sure. How it gets higher and lower. So the higher is because of the frequency. The waves are closer and closer together. And so when the waves are closer and closer together, and that back wave effect, who just done Mike? What is that about? Um, and uh, then it it would show shorter and shorter wavelengths, which in physics that's the higher wavelengths of light, which are, are in the blue shift. Are in the blue shift. And um, if an object is moving away, the light takes longer to get to um, get to us, and so therefore um, it's in the red. It would be red shifted. So. Um, 
that's what the idea so and that's why the users of the Hubble telescope were stating that's a fact that the universe is expanding because most of the objects they look at are giving off more in the redshift meaning that everything is moving away from each other so all the objects in space are moving away from each other so the universe is expanding so that's the redshift if they were to see most of the objects in the universe giving off blue shift, that means things would be coming towards each other, that means the universe would be collapsing and shrinking, but that's not what they're seeing. They're seeing everything moving apart, and that's in the red shift. So in the matrix, it may have to do with that, but if they didn't do that for that, that's a very mighty coincidence um, that red shifting and blue shifting would match up so coincidentally. It's also a very fascinating coincidence that, um, that Osiris and Isis are... Uh, in our um, in our biology, but um, I'll talk about that another time. I created a, a pod, but no, it was a blog also I wrote called "Orgasms of the Gods." So uh, let's see. In India, it's nine o'clock at night. Uh, wow. Yeah. So. Um, That's about, uh... Hakeem, are you going to publish this room? This one? This episode, I mean? Yes, sir. Why yes, sir. should I not? No, I, I had some information. Uh, on, I just saw use the phrase sensitive subjects, things that I've okay. discussed. You know what I mean? And I just okay. don't know whether you want me to go there or not because, you know, I want to oh, censor. I don't care. I don't censor. <laughs> Well, you know, I just want to be respectful. You know what I mean? Amen. So, this is a room um, that I call communications. So, if we're not communicating, what are we doing? <laughs> I agree with you. It's you know, kind of. I, I wish I wish Hakeem could say it like my favorite Gigi said. There's 400 of you and only one of, of me. Bring that shit. <laughs> right. that I like awesome. that. So fill the you know? room with the four. The 400, but right now I can say, there's five of you and only one of me. Bring that shit. You know, or no, actually, yeah, there you go. Oh, no, no there's, uh, there's, there's, uh, there's six of you and only one of me. Bring that shit. Sure. Do we have six now? <laughs> let's see. Who do we got? Let's see. Well, well, the listener, the Rudy's there. Zorro's there. Yeah, Rudy, hey, what's up, Rudy? Rudy and Zorro and uh, somebody else popped in. People have been popping in and out. And, and then also, Rudy, I want to make a comment. You're not going to like it, but you got to learn to take on the hard subjects, even if they're offensive and non-politically correct. Yeah, and you got to allow people, in order not to be authoritarian, you got to allow people to speak their mind, even if it's offensive. That's all I got to say. Go ahead. So, oh man, I'm, I'm listening. So, uh, what, Mr. Bill seems like he has something to uh, to share. What is <laughs> What All right. That, that... <laughs> there, there, you, you know the, um, the FOIA uh, hearing on the that David Knight covered for Infowars on um, on Wolfgang Halbig, his Freedom of Information yeah. Act hearing, right? You saw that, yeah. right? That was mm-hmm. wasn't that revealing? And uh, boy, talk about getting a media uh, uh, shitstorm of bullshit. Uh, that we've gotten uh, that you can clearly determine after witnessing that hearing. 
You follow me? You follow me? I mean, holy crap. And that, and so this thing is, to me, is like a three-dimensional psyop. In other words, there's nothing that David and I covered as you and I kind of conferred um, uh, that could be in any way determined by uh, federal case laws as being uh, defamation, uh, def- uh, damaging or defamatory, obviously. You know what I mean? You, that's just covering the news, you know. So the question one has to ask then is why did Norm Pattis and Alex Jones do a, a, a recant more or less? Do you follow me? It makes no sense, you know. So along those lines, there's a woman, Mary Maxwell, who's got a PhD, who who wrote a book in 2015 and has done a recent revamp. And I have the PDF um, of the book. And she's basically saying even she got, um, uh, what's the right word? I forget the adjective she used, sort of boondoggled. And now she's seeing it more clearly. You know, this woman's got a PhD. So it's interesting that Wolfgang is a former Florida State trooper, a uh, uh, school safety officer. He combined his uh, being a principal and a Florida State trooper. He's retired. He's, he's in his mid-70s with uh, being in, then an independent consultant on school safety and a customs agent. So clearly he was investigating to try to improve school safety. He had no malice or intent to harm anyone. He, he was trying to investigate it to learn so he can be a, a better at what he does and how to share that information with people who consulted him. And then you had uh, James Tracy from a Florida Atlantic University, a tenured professor in media and ethics. He was, of course, uh, on this in the beginning. Uh, and by the way, the lawsuit cites uh, alleged uh, damages and defamation that happened within the first two to three years of the incident, which was 10 years ago, which put a pin on that. But then you also have James H. Fetzer, who's a 30-year philosophy professor and former U.S. Marine Corps um, even officer. And so these are people with with excellent uh, credentials, and uh, James is, is a man in his 70s as well, uh, Fetzer. So um, Fetzer had a, got his, uh, all of the, any civil matters that happened in this regard, uh, uh, Fetzer was sued, uh, that went to summary judgment, meaning there was, he wasn't allowed to present any evidence. The judge, the judge determined that nothing was ever decided on the merits uh, before a jury. And he's entitled to a jury trial in the Seventh Amendment, anything over $20 dispute. The judge decided. That's, oh my God, that's whack. Um, apparently, um, one of the parents sued. I'm just giving a thumbnail version before I go on for anyone who may listen to this. Um, uh, one of the, uh, I don't know what to call them, plaintiffs sued Wolfgang in Florida, and the Florida judge said, well, then the man bringing the suit is going to have to sit for depositions, and then they dropped the suit. The same people dropped the same party that got millions and millions, tens of millions of dollars, dropped the suit against Wolfgang in Florida. Can you believe it? So what's happening here? One has to ask. Do you follow me? Um, Then you also, and I'm advocating for these men. Because they are honorable and they were simply doing their job. And look what our government through the lawfare have done. So why is this, I mean, how could this be happening? I mean, 
What? You said they're... Did you say they were lawful and just doing their job or they're honorable? No, called, honorable, you said. Honorable. honorable yeah. yeah, they're How just covering the story. How do you know that? Well, first of all, if you look at their background, one's a re retired Florida State trooper and uh, school principal. And also now he's been consulted by many school districts as a school people, safety officer. That's people would argue that uh, that police officers are untrustworthy. Haven't you heard those arguments? Well, sure, you can make that argument. But all you have to do is watch the FOIA hearing and you can see the stonewalling in the Freedom of Information Act hearing. You now, watched it. Sorry, he was a yeah. school resource officer. He he, what he did was he took his state trooper, his, 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 he retired as a, as a Florida state trooper. He right. retired as a school principal. And what he did was he used to combine those two uh, uh, work histories with developing like as an independent contractor, as a school safety officer. And he was contacted by other school districts to then come and investigate on their behalf. And to that's what his, what you might call his, his, uh, his, his business was, do you see? So he was investigating this. See, when you have, when you're going to, if someone's going to be held accountable for damages or defamation, which he never has, not Wolfgang. Okay. Not to my knowledge, then, then you have to, there has to, the plaintiff has to prove malice. Their intent to be malicious, right? Uh, there is none of that in his case. He's not intending to harm anybody. And if you listen to him, uh, you, you can see what his motives are and what he's doing, why he's doing why he had done it, why he continues to hold firm to what he discovered. And then also there has to be what's called colloquium. And what that means is he would have to name somebody. That's a legal term to be held accountable for in the courts for uh, damages, defamation. There has to be colloquium. In other words, you'd have to individually name somebody or hold, show a picture and point to that person. Do you follow me? And most of these have to be colloquial, like basically familiar. That, yeah, that's called colloquium in legal terms. And how do I learn this? Well, first of all, I have my own experience in the courts, but also there's also Robert Barnes, who's a constitutional attorney, defense attorney, who's interviewed on Viva Free, which is F-R-E-I, a YouTube uh, channel. That guy's a lawyer out of Canada, and they also go to Rumble when things get sensitive. You know what I mean? You know, so they're sensitive to YouTube. They don't want to get, you know, pooped on by YouTube. So anyway, so they've covered this extensively. And... Um, and, every, and they've corroborated majority of what I, my conclusions based on what I could find and in, in using a, 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 a different browser called Yandex. That's where I find the material. Y-A-N as in Nancy, D as in David, E-X. So all that stuff that's been banned from YouTube, because this all used to be on YouTube and in Google, that's where I find it. So it's still in the public domain. Do you follow me? So the stuff, on, the stuff on Yandex, you mean? Well, anything I'm looking for that I that you would expect to find on YouTube or Google, I can find on Yandex. You know, there may be things that I haven't found there. I don't know, but uh, like there's alternative video platforms like BitChute, Red Voice Media, uh, of course Rumble, uh, 
yeah, Maria Z, Z Media. There's a whole slew of them, and uh, and they're available there. You know, of course, there's premium content, but most of it is is without a paywall. Do you follow me? And um, and and also Allison Morrow, who uh, was in mainstream media, who does a YouTube, and then she goes over to Rockfin. You know, so a lot of Rockfin. people are doing that. Yeah, yeah, and. Um, Alison Morrow's uh, excellent. Uh, she got a mainstream media f- uh, for the same reason that Chris Hedges. Well, look at Chris Hedges. I mean, Consortium News. Uh, he he regularly writes for. Um, Did you say uh, Consortium News? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, and he will be interviewed. Uh, obviously, he's a Pulitzer Prize-winning journalist who used to work for the New York Times Foreign Affairs. Uh, journalists who who got fired for covering the truth in the Middle East, you know. So we know there's a ton of censorship, and this, in my opinion, there's a ton of censorship on this whole issue. I am in Connecticut, Corrupticate, and I have seen how corrupt the judges are here, and the Inspector General's office, and the State's Attorney's office personally. And I don't need to cover all my stuff. You're familiar with it, and so. Um, it, when I see this happening again and again, when things are going to default in summary judgment, default judgment based on uh, alleged uh, subpoena documents on financials, financials, are, well, look, when, when you're trying to prove uh, damages and defamation, the financials, the actual nitty gritty of the financials, that's for bankruptcy court. Your main job in, 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 in a civil suit for damages and defamation is proving your case, period. Are there, is there grounds for, for damages and defamation? Uh, what's the compensatory uh, claims? Um, what's the emotional, who's the emotional uh, uh, witness, expert that's going to testify? Who's the reputational expert who's going to testify? As Robert Barnes said, he was very clear to say that normally, if there's not a, an expert in, in, in emotional damages that's going to testify and or reputational damages, then the, what proof do you have, right? There are, and I'll, I want to touch on some of these points. I have searched three search engines and Viva Free confirms there are no arrests for harassment in any of these matters. So if you're claiming that you're on a property and people come into your house and harassing you and or threatening you. There are no arrests for anyone coming into Connecticut or living in Connecticut and threatening anybody. There, I, there, I'm talking about in person, right? And these claims supposedly happened over two or three years, and there's been no surveillance, no physical patrol surveillance, no electronic surveillance to prove these matters. Nobody had a cell phone any time ever over two to three years to to pick up on anyone allegedly doing this. So, you know, there's where's the corroborating evidence? There's so many holes in this. And then you have the case laws that uh, on the federal level that trump state laws on free speech. So you have uh, Brandenburg versus Ohio. You have uh, New York Times versus Sullivan. And you have the Westboro Baptist Church case. And they all turned over any state findings because the federal case law supersedes state. And the state attorneys and the lawyers and the judges know this. 
So anyway, I can talk about this for hours probably, and I, I didn't mean to take over your room. I just wanted to say that there are PDFs that I found uh, uh, of books, and I know you're a big book guy, you know, and so I didn't know if you'd like, reading. I could, I'm sorry? Reading. I said reading, not just books. Just reading guy. Reading in general. Yeah. Right, that's what I meant. And so semantics, right? So, <laughs> I mean, seriously, you know, the, the, the bottom line is that Mary Maxwell's uh, book, uh, the PDF is available. I have the, the uh, that I'll, I, you know, if you want, I could put it in your live chat, the link. Send, uh, send it to anything. Send whatever you want, man. And you didn't okay. take over the, you know, the room. It's like, that's what I'm, I'm here for, man, is, uh, is either I'm going to make a, a monologue presentation or I'm going to talk to you guys. So I'm All right. I want to make one more share. point. One more point on this matter for people to consider. There's something called statute of limitations. That has to do with time frames. Lawsuit has to be brought within... Oh, wait, statute of limitations, is that anything like the statute of liberty? <laughs> well, I don't know. You may be able to connect a dot there. According to the statute of liberty, one would think statute of limitations developed in the House and Senate of every state uh, would not be uh, superseded in court. <laughs> but in this case, okay, think of the timing for a moment. The the plaintiff's attorneys claim the damages occurred, defamation, within the ter first two to three years of the case. Why do they say that? Because that's a statute of limitation of time. Things have to be brought in a timely fashion. Okay, now, the incident happened 2010. I'm sorry, 2012. Okay, so add two to three years, right? Let's say we're up to 2015, even the end of 2015. The lawsuits, best of my understanding, and according to Robert Burns, he confers the, that the statutes have expired. The lawsuits, from my research, were filed in 2018. So that means there's no jurisdiction. If once the statutes are expired, there is no jurisdiction to bring a case. These cases should have been d dismissed pursuant uh, uh, exceeding statute limitations created in the House and Senate in Connecticut. And when you learn that their, their, their claims are of those that happen within the first two to three years, that's a dot connect. Do you follow me? So I don't understand how this has even become a, 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 a civil matter at this date. You see what I'm saying? That, 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 it's like, what? Like there's certain fundamentals like in your martial arts or, or doing anything that, that first need to be met. You see what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's not a perfect allegory, but you know what I mean. Well, and, um, yeah, and, yeah. yeah there, Yeah, it's nice. You can move around and bang some things. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, because this whole thing makes me so upset because I, I can't draw any firm conclusions. And this is all based on, I don't know, I'm referring to Robert Barnes. I'm referring to FOIA request hearings. I'm referring to other experts like Mary Maxwell, PhD, like Jim Fetzer. Uh, who's, uh, by the way, he does uh, his own uh, channel and podcast, James H. Fetzer, F-E-T-Z-E-R. There's, you know, these guys are retired professors. They're, uh, like I said, professionals. And so, and it's my opinion 
strong in my opinion that we're not being told the truth. Let me just say that from the courts of Connecticut, the unconstitutional state, I call it corrupticate, nor through the media. I just want to let me leave it at that, and uh, I'll look to my clip tray and see what I can uh, put in the live chat. Um, and, and if I have to download it again, the clip tray, I will. It's so hard once something's in clip tray sometimes to determine by the the way it's listed what it is, because I have a lot in my clip tray. So, um, but anyway, my friend, so I want to ask you a little more about that martial art. What was the name of it again? The one that, that, uh, that Anderson, that Silva and you, uh, let me, uh, I'll send you a video from uh, my YouTube channel. Also, you can see it. Um, well, I'll put it in. Yeah. I'm going to just give a link here in a second. Okay. You know that uh, fight that Silva had with the, the uh, uh, I don't know what to call him, social media guy, Paul? Is it Jake Paul? He had some I, fight. Yeah, I, I heard that there was one, yeah. Yeah, well, they, I saw a YouTube video where it said, tell me this isn't all fake, where you see, I think it's Jake Paul, he throws, uh, I, I'm going to call it a right cross. I don't think it was a hook. I'd have to look back at it. I think it was a right cross. And and it misses Silva's face, literally. It doesn't even hit him, and he goes down. Okay, well, there's a lot of so-called phantom punches. Yeah. So here, um, well, well I mean, it is full jump. of phantom punches. I'm putting a YouTube video there. Uh, what do you mean by a phantom punch? You mean the one that got Lee level listing with? Well, that's what they call a phantom punch, but what I mean are punches that that barely graze or touch or don't really even, and uh, the person gets knocked out by it somehow. Yeah, but you can see that space of air between the silver's chin and, and the and the punch. Okay, doesn't yeah, make any what, what, do you, what do you mean? What do you mean? But um, I'm I'm not arguing against it at all. Yeah, but when I didn't argue against that at all. Oh oh oh. I thought you meant it was a grazing. When I think of Phantom Punch, I think of the Liston Punch, Ali Punch on Liston. Okay, I hear well, you. Well, if we're, if we're going to talk about the real definition of Phantom, Phantom shouldn't touch anything. Right. Phantom is a ghost. Right, so right. If we're talking about, that's what I'm talking about, that there's a lot of Phantom Punch. I've seen, I've seen some very clear ones in some Mike Tyson fights. Oh, I'm really? Some Mike Tyson videos. There's a there's a whole bunch of them where they, there's no contact at all or very little, and there's no reason why a person should have gone down. Um, it's like they're trying to sell a movie thing, and it's crazy because yeah. it's not like Mike Tyson needs to cheat, but it's like, why would you do that? Yeah, well, you know, I heard a commentator talk about that that big loss that Tyson had. Um, what was who was the fella? I'm trying James to remember. Buster Douglas. Yeah, and that, that was a real the, loss, man. I'm sorry? That was a real loss. Well, this announcer, or the, I should say, a media person I heard talk about, that he heard Tyson say to him, okay, okay, now, like it was set up. I'm not saying he didn't get punched, but that he went down and, and that. Well, uh, that's possible, but um, I saw the fight live. Oh, so, you did? Yeah, but on TV, of course. I didn't. I wasn't there in some arena. Yeah. It was like a pay-per-view or something was going on where I saw it. And um, and I've watched it over and over again over the years. But maybe I have to give it some more scrutiny. But for all intents and purposes, that Mike Tyson really got beaten there. 
um, and he got hit and knocked out there. I, I don't know, but I mean, it's the it's it's so stupid that we have to question these things because this is how corrupt like the entire planet of everything yeah. that we do is. Exactly. <laughs> Well, yeah, there's CIA directors that talk about the media being owned and everything. Basically, <laughs> they'll know their disinformation uh, 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 plan is complete when everything, <laughs> everything, uh, wait, I got to find the quotes. I have a, the uh, uh, emoji. I'm not emoji. I mean, the, uh, uh, what's it called again? When you have a, uh, uh, a photo of something that has information on it, and I'd store it in oh, my. Oh, you mean an in, an infographic, possibly? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so I have this information. Hold on a minute. I got to go to my gallery and find it. The quotes, the quotes from the. Uh, William. I was looking real quickly at the Anderson Silva fight. That's Anderson Silva versus uh, Logan Paul, and it was a handover right. It was okay, a did, it make any con did it make any contact? Did you see? Yeah, it made contact, but it wasn't. It knocked. Looks like we lost so the last. So, so he's probably talking about an overhand, right? Yeah. So it's 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 okay. kind of like you're you're hitting him with the right, but it's not under. It's not necessarily across. It does cross, but it comes from over the top quickly. Yeah. Okay, but the angle I saw. And, and the video I saw that was posted, there was no contact. There we go, like that. Look, look, look. You see, look, like Hakeem's doing. Overhand, I'm, right? Look at him. Look at him. My, my gallery. Like Hold you on. see? Like, like throwing a baseball ball or like something like that. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's still, it's, it's still going to hurt, you know what I mean? <laughs> well, I'm yeah, but it's going to knock out by overhand rights, man. Not, yeah, but the angle I saw Wait, never mind. I'm going to find the YouTube video and put up because the angle I saw showed no contact at all. There was a clear space. Uh, and regarding boxers taking punches and eventually taking a dive, that happens. They can get hit and then not be knocked out and take a dive because the money or whatever their promoters want because it's all a game, right. Right. you know. Of course. So. You know? so that happens. You're right. And you're right. I mean, it looks like it, I mean, it could look like he took Mike Tyson specifically took a. He hit because he did take a real hit. I mean, for for goodness sake, the move, the, the 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 Thai in Thailand, the Thai movie producers, for a long time, and they're, and I and they're probably still doing it. They're making full contact in their martial arts movies, dude. So it's like, really? yeah, dude, bro, it's crazy. Like they they are smacking. Like if you look, there's a movie called Ong Bak. There's one called The Protector. It's a bunch of movies with Tony Jaa and then a bunch of spinoffs of those movies and like they are just wailing on each other i mean they're not going for you know the fences or anything like that but they're going pretty much full speed and making full contact with these hits there are ways to pull back at the end of some of these hits and stuff like that and for people to go with them but they are contacting each other man and then the stunts that they're doing at the end of the the videos they have these outtakes these reels at the end and you routinely see people being hauled into ambulances with neck braces on and shit and like burns, like there's this one where this guy, bro, this guy Tony Jaa lights his leg on fire and then jumps in the air and does this spinning 540 turn degree turn and kicks a guy in his neck. <laughs> and then, and then because they're just rolling one take, he just jumps over to a freaking big thing that has water in it and 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 backflips into, 
the water to put his, his burnt, his flaming leg out. So the Tony Jaw was supposedly like a stunt man who got a bunch of training in martial arts from a Muay Thai teacher. And then, you know, their whole intention was like, I don't know, I guess was to get these guys into movies because they had this whole like Thai stunt martial art movie phenomenon where they were just wailing on each other and they made some of the most impressive martial arts movies I've ever seen. Especially that movie Ong Bak and then The Protector with Tony Jaa, dude, man, those things are, are ridiculous. Like just the fight scenes and the stunts and that the fact that they're not using any wires or like CGI and they're just just using whatever they have. It's like, it's like Jackie Chan like like superhuman Jackie Chan shit, dude. Like it's just using your environment and using everything around. But this little guy is just slamming. I mean, it's it's pretty impressive. Ong Bak, I would I would suggest be the first one people look into. Ong Bak. Ha- Hakeem. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I sent you the link on that guy. His name is Michel Pereira. The link is right there on YouTube. He's the only one that I know other than what you said about Anderson Silva, who uses straight capoeira along with other other jiu-jitsu and martial arts well, combinations. Well, I don't even know. I mean, to even say straight capoeira, like there's there's just... Dude, just, 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 just watch him. Just watch him. Yeah, just, just watch him and t- you tell me what you think. It's like a 19-minute uh, video, but just look at his style. This brother uses uh, some cool, but that's him. And he's a tall brother, and I think he's Brazilian. And he just goes out there and he kicks ass, brother. You know? Yeah, now, now, check this out. There's another guy. If you look up Capoeira MMA, um, Marcus Aurelius. So, you know, like Marcus Aurelius, the Roman Emperor? So, if yeah. you look up Marcus Aurelius, a Capoeira MMA, you'll see there's another guy who does some of that. And then there's some other dudes. So, there's a few of them. And the guy, Marcus Aurelius, is out of uh, Canada. He's had a few amateur MMA fights. Some pretty impressive strikes with the kicks that he's had. Um, I don't know how far he's gone in it, but, you know, that's cool with these guys. I mean, when I say far, I mean I don't know how many fights. Like, I would just take fights just to take fights. Like, I would just be like, oh, there's a spot open. I can fight. Let me go. Like, I, that's how I, I did it. A lot of people have managers and things like that who advise them, don't take this one. Take that one. Take this one. I was like, I'm just going to fight. How much are they paying? All right, let's go. That's cool, man. But that, uh, you know, that shit, I don't know why right now, but I'm noticing it's, it's taken a, a huge toll on me. I'm a lot better now healed up than I was um, when I first got back to the U.S. and even just uh, a couple months ago. Um, but when I dropped all that body weight and, um, and just stuck to training and riding bike and having a decent diet, like I just, um, I really... Uh, um, my health has improved a lot. Speaking of health improvement, I'm about to walk over to this Lucky Cup and get myself some coffee and uh, and like a chicken salad sandwich or cranberries. I hope they have it. So, Bonatati and uh, Vlad, what do you guys got? What do we got going on here? We, I thought you were going to bring it. You didn't bring anything. I'm about. I'm. I'm in Yandex right now. And I'm oh, trying to load stuff into my clip chart. So if you're going to end the room, if you hang in a minute. I didn't say nothing about ending the room. I said I was going to get some lunch. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> All right, good. Well, do what you got to do. 
about mobile devices is that we can carry them with us. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, William, that guy, Michel Pareda, I was looking at him. He tends to do a lot of uh, what you call handover, like almost like Logan Paul and Superman punches. Bouncing, bouncing from from the from the uh, octagon uh, wall, and and he jumps on him and booyah, knockout. That's pretty cool. He, so he uses it like a like a trampoline to jump at his enemy and boom, you know, uses his whole body with you know right on that hand to knock him out. Like really nice. You okay. got to look at it, Hakeem. You say it like that. Do, do do that Superman punch, brother. Do that Superman punch. Oh, I can do it. I can do a super Superman punch. Uh, okay, see what I want to see right here. Uh, uh, like that. <laughs> that was more than a Superman punch. That was like a Superman kick and punch. All right, here's the uh, here's my favorite tornado combination. All right. <laughs> He's dangerous, William. This is the guy you want to go walk into a club and nobody knows that he's your backup and he's just right there. The kick comes out of nowhere. <laughs> and you know, I'll have the upside down ones too where you can get on your hands. There we go. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's cool. Man. You know, I, 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 my dad used to, um, Box in the Navy, and when I was a little kid, he used to show me some stuff, but I never got into boxing. I played football and track and stuff, but I always wanted to. Let me ask you, William. Yeah. When you were younger, did you do a lot of fighting in, in school or, you know, the block? You know, like they say, I might not know karate, but I know crazy. Crazy. <laughs> I never... Even as a doorman, I never had a fight. I never had a fight. I don't fight at the door. I'm sorry? Don't fight at the door. You know, as a bouncer. I worked in a bouncer where, as a bouncer, a lot of places. One place in Rhode Island, we got a lot of bikers coming in all the time. I just had to talk to people with respect and say, hey, man, leave your nuts here. Yeah, I'd say, leave your knives here. You can't take them in. You know that. And then I'd say, uh, I always said to them, listen, if you guys want to beat one another up or something, take it outside, will you? Just don't do it in the club. You know what I mean? The cops are going to come. People are going to get arrested. Just please don't break up the club. I don't want to have to get involved in all this. It's, you know, and I, it's not that I was afraid to fight anybody. That wasn't the issue at all. It's I had a bunch of... Man. Right, right. I just was super polite to people. I got to know the guys, and they were like, cool, man. And I'll tell you who would go at it, though, no matter what, was the women. They start pulling hair and scratching one another, and it's like a cat fight. I'm like, whoa. I, I told my team, you know. William, yeah. William, I bet you uh, after, uh, after many drinks, fighting over a man, huh? I don't know what they would they, – because they're going at it. But that, by the time I got – I was at the front door. So by the time I got back there, of course, I worked with a team of guys all the time. We had other football players and wrestlers from URI um, uh, that worked the Musquamacut Strip over two summers. And um, I just say to the guys, don't get in the middle. Don't get in the middle of the women. You're going to get scratched. You're going to get kicked. You're gonna just, we'll just William, circle. <laughs> yeah, William, yeah. William the, the guys were from URI, University of Rhode Island? 
Yeah, that's why I went to. I was at Fordham, then I transferred to URI. Yeah. yeah. Was, was that was that better? Do you like uh, URI from your experience? Well, the um, uh, the reason I transferred had the the, the the head coach at at Fordham helped me get into URI. Uh, there's a long backdrop to that. Um, I was recruited. We were supposed to play Army by my senior year at Fordham, and uh, uh, like one double A schedule. But uh, the Jesuits decided not to do any of that. They defunded things. Wow. And so, yeah, so so David Rice, who was the athletic director and head football Hello, coach. Jenny. And Rudy still here. Hello, Jenny. <clears throat> um, they helped me. They get into URI. URI is beautiful because it's in Narragansett, Rhode Island. It's a beautiful beach, beaches, uh, Scarborough Beach, Narragansett Beach. I mean, uh, to me, that in fact, as a I went to URI. Let's see, in '79, and I think in '78 it was cited as UR High. Like one of the top hardest schools in the country, or something. My you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's, it was, you know, it was a, a, a like I said, it was hey, wasn't a lot of school. You know what, Jenny's here. Hold on for a second. Good to Go see ahead. you. Je listen, Jenny, I want to ask you a question because um, I believe it was last night. Maybe Jenny wanted to come and talk about it. William. You think you have some controversial stuff, Jenny? Last night was on the show with uh, with um, Masha and uh, Caitlin, I think her name was, who they were talking about TERFs, T-E-R-Fs. I would really, really like to hear more about how and why Jenny agrees with that. Because, you know, I feel like I have some strong opinions that might lean in some similar directions simply just because of, I don't know, just natural law. Just, <laughs> there's just But I don't want to get too much into it. I'd like to hear from Jenny what she has to say about that. William, do, um, do you have something that um, you can I, put a pause thanks on? Thanks for calling me up, Hakeem. Can you guys hear me? Yeah. I can hear you, Jenny. Um, I, I'm on my noisy oxygen concentrator. Let me switch up. You'll hear me better. Um, it's, I think you sound fine, but if you have a way to make it better, great. It's just I have a, I have a portable machine that I use when I'm eating breakfast like now. It just okay. makes a lot of noise, and then I have my bigger concentrator that's more silent. So well, I, just I don't, switched I don't back hear to that. it. Okay, well, I didn't hear it. Um, I, I switched it. Like, okay, some of the you'll hear this like oh. psh, psh, psh sound, you okay. know, as I'm trying to breathe. Anyway, okay. um, that was that was a great conversation last night on the Pangburn Hangout. I was so proud of them for bringing those gals on because I personally think they are some of the most brave people out there. And there's a lot of lesbian women who are speaking up right now about this topic. And I think probably the most famous person is the author of the Harry Potter book. Sign up. I can't oh, think of yeah. her name. What is it? Um, What's about uh, to happen? Who, who's playing that? What is, what is going I'm on? sorry. I got to mute. Hang on a minute. I, that's my bad. I was trying to pull up. I put some things alive. I just muted you and I'm going to unmute you. But, uh, William, you can come back on whenever you want. Vlad? Um, it's J.K. J. Rowling, I think is her name. Yes, you're correct. It's J.K. Rowling. Uh, that's yeah, she spoke correct. up a few months ago, maybe even like a year ago, and she immediately was hammered by everybody. And she was yeah. just speaking the truth. You know, she was just speaking her truth. And so um, there have been a whole bunch of women, especially, but also some men, who've spoken up for just some kind of like sanity around the whole transgender issue. And one of their big yeah. issues is men participating in women's sports. That's probably the most glaring 
issue that's, right now, but. So that was my biggest all. issue uh, the other day on Pang Burns. Uh, somebody had a, a talk, but I'm, uh, forgive me for interrupting you. Go ahead, please continue, Jenny. No, I want to hear what you have to say. Go ahead. No, it was just that was um, my similar because I had brought up the one um, MMA fighter who uh, the referee had to stop the fight. And when they finally did, it's like the, the transgender woman uh, broke her skull. She smashed, she destroyed her orbital. I mean, it's like that's man strength, just beating on a woman. Like, you know, it's, so that was like one of the points I brought up about that is the women in sports and how that's completely um, atrocious. Hello, uh, Mike and Charlie. Welcome. Uh, so yeah, I just think it's a ridiculous thing, but well, and interestingly enough, just this morning, I was just reading president Trump came out and said very openly that this is his position. He does not want, want biological males participating in any women's sports. And so it's refreshing yeah, to me so, to have a politician okay. just, just stand up and say it clearly like that. Cause that's powerful. Anyway, yeah, what, they were, yeah. what they Please were talking continue. about last night was that they believe there's an effort afoot to sterilize lesbian women and that and that these surgeries they're doing on these girls who think they are male they believe sometimes these girls are just lesbians butch butch type lesbians and that they should not be doing the drugs you know the hormones and the surgeries right. getting top or bottom surgery because right. they're literally being sterilized well, they're and, being sterilized and just, I mean, that's, this is, I mean, that's a major surgery. I mean, you're, that's, I, and I heard one of the arguments too about, you know, how the, to add an appendage, which makes sense, right? Is much more difficult than to remove one. And then just like the, just a permanent and how like there's only a, a 60 something percent success rate for, you know, adding a male appendage out of the people who do it. And there's a really low percentage of people who actually do it anyway. And, you know, I've listened to the, 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 the discussion about um, in the prison system and a whole lot of other things about all these predators. As a matter of fact, I was going to, right before I had come on, I had finished reading a neuroscience news article that was about how, and it's a slightly different subject, but it said that violent sexual predators are using dating apps to find their victims. But the point was is that the, it's violent sexual predators, mostly men, and and when she started men, mentioning like this auto, um, I forget what it was, auto gyna something where they I where they claim they they are women and they want to force other women to acknowledge them as women, but there's anyway there's a whole lot of this um, this stuff that goes across all kinds of spectrums which largely have to do with people who are very aware that what they're doing is wrong and they're using these different advantages as with the the men who claim to be identified as women in the prisons going in and uh raping impregnating abusing women of all kinds even to the one guy who killed like several women was released and then identified as a woman and went to a prison to kill somebody else it's like what the Anyway, I, t I went off, uh, uh, yes, but I listened to that conversation and it's like there's a lot of really good points they were making um, on top of the, you know, men, uh, biological males in sports. And I didn't know that Donald well, Trump had made those comments. Yeah. yeah, he made it just this morning. My work, my show here on Colin is called Healthy Families. And so I have really zeroed in on the targeting of children. I mean, young children 
for transitioning to the opposite gender using drugs and surgery. And I shared on my very first call-in show on this topic, a quote from a San Francisco plastic surgeon who had moved his practice from plastic surgery to almost all transitioning of children doing top and bottom surgeries. You know, and I actually heard asked, you talking about that. You had a guest on your show, another woman, right? I did. And, yeah. you know, he talked about being willing to do these surgeries on children as young as nine years old. Yeah. And he's, he's making a ton of money at his clinic. And these little clinics have popped up all over the world. But in America, they're exceptionally pernicious because uh, like the state of California, we talked about this last night, is inviting children who want to be emancipated from their parents to fly to California where they will be given shelter, offered the surgery and the drugs, and allowed to transition without any interference by their parents or grandparents. And I mean, this level, and, and again, there's lots and lots of money tied to this, taxpayer money. And so- Jenny. Yes. I thought I would never say this, but when I was talking to Masha, but especially Caitlin, the guys were just trying to rile me up because we were talking about pornography and I was calling the guys chronic masturbators and porn addicts. And they were going back at me and, oh, Blatty's here. He's passionate. He's anti-feminine. I was like, you know what? I have more in common with Caitlin in regards to turf because I, I feel for women, really. And, you know, Guys, here's, what's, here's my ignorance. What is turf? What does that stand for? Turf means trans exclusionary radical feminist. Okay. But, but the way Caitlin the way that, that Caitlin Yeah, but the way that Caitlin exp explained it, I think that was her name. Uh, it yeah. didn't sound like the radical feminists that I know that are just man haters. But the thing is, my heart goes out to women in general, uh, uh, feminist or non, because this is a bunch of load of crap that they're attacking women by putting in male. So I stand with these feminists. I'll be a feminist for in that sense, a male feminist in that sense, just to, just to defend the women against the onslaught of the left, their own left. This is, this is how ridiculous it is, their own left. Uh, because it's coming from their camps, unfortunately, where, where you know how other, other feminists and other women say, trans women are women? No, that's a load of crap. First answer, what is a woman? Like Matt Walsh said, first define what is a woman, and then we'll start from there. So this is a just noticed, a, a, Vlad, I've ahead. noticed that the guys on Pangburn get really touchy when you talk about pornography addictions and masturbation. So, I think oh yeah, I know because of, I'm talking to a bunch of single guys just like yeah. me. Then, you know, I know they're on the freaking web, and you know when I when I tell Travis, <laughs> I go when you when you get over your chronic masturbation and your porn addiction, he goes, Vladdy, do you have a freaking camera? I'm like, come on, that's like it's yeah. kind of like a given. So Most crazy. males are porn addicts we love women there's nothing's going to change that well, no matter how much how many, uh, i can you know? i can say for sure i'm definitely not a porn addict you say most guys i i'm for most sure guys. not i've definitely watched my fair share of porn but it gets boring really fast and a lot of that shit is crazy dude like it's just really extreme <laughs> yeah. to me like i don't know well, what I'm, I'm i'm guilty of sin right here i gotta admit i'm guilty of sin and not because I've been watching it or it, it's usually it's just I'm a looker and I get accused of being a looker and it could be creepy. But I just I just like to stare at people sometimes, you know. Well, Vlad, and, think, and... think of it this way. Think about what group we've all been taught to hate over the last few years. The yeah. Proud Boys. They're, they're the evil terrorists in America, right? What does it take to become a Proud Boy? Does anybody know? I do. Does anybody know? No. Go ahead, Jim. 
they have to make a commitment to not watch porn and not masturbate. And they encourage them to get married and live a normal heterosexual life with their wives and their children. That's it. So why have we, why have we as a society been taught to hate these guys when they have such pure hearts? And you know why I love them? It's because they have a reverence for the stay-at-home mom. And they're constantly holding up the homemaker as the absolute pinnacle of society. And there's respect there that has been part yeah, of the group yeah. since I've heard Also, they about accuse them of being a white supremacist and all sorts of shit. And yet we've been Look, taught there might be that element, but you know what? It's, the, violent, it's, the guy that started off, he's, he's, he's a black Puerto Rican for crying out loud. Are you going to tell me that that guy is a black is a white supremacist? Wow. Yeah, they're not. It's, it's crazy what, what these leftists just shoot no, at like not. stupidly. So much uh, hatred, onslaught against the, the Proud Boys. There's but yet been, they don't say a damn thing against BLM or Antifa, right? There have been so uh, many. That's right. Yeah. No, they have, they have become the most hated group of men in America. And when you look at the foundation and then what they've done, they absolutely have been misrepresented in the media. But I think they've also had some infiltrators come in and, you know, kind of tried to make them all look bad. But I think they're a really pure group. And it just sickens me to see the way that these guys who are trying to live a decent life have just been um, sidelined. Your viewpoint is, um, to a lot of people, really extreme. And... um, it's only because you come from a children's first perspective and a lot of the things that you talk about. And you have this idea that um, you can protect children um, as a parent by um, being very cautious about what they're exposed to. And it seems like in some case, it's not that you won't let them be exposed to things, but that it has to be exposed to them after they've been exposed to something beforehand, meaning you believe that, that there are steps that have to be built up to before they can be exposed to certain things, not that they need to be completely censored. It seems like that's... Am I, am I anywhere close to where you are coming from on your I, I have a belief... Hakeem, I have this belief that children should be protected until they're at least the age of eight and, and better if till the age of 10, just absolutely protected from anything to kind of mess with their minds, mess with their bodies. And that if you yeah. do that, you kind of create this bulletproof person who, even if they're molested or raped or tortured or something horrifying happens to them later in life, they have enough, yeah. enough sense of themselves that it won't crush them. It won't you know, destroy their souls. And even the perpetrators out there have this saying, before eight or it's too late. And what that means well, is they well, try well, Jenny, to, to Jenny, mess with the child. Hold on, Jenny, you, you know this better than me because you're, you're a mother. Be much but you know the first seven years is what you call the formative years. Dark things, the Catholic Church and Catholic kind of education has used that so, because they teach them about and, Roman Catholicism and you know, yeah. through their educational and their religious systems at church. The first seven years, and they'll most likely stay right. Catholic. The formative years are essential, are vital for a, for a, for a education, proper education, and teaching of the values that you want to instill them. They so with all these perverts on on the left that are that are psychologists that want to groom children like like what they wanted to do in Florida and what they do in other st- blue states. 
where Ron DeSantis put a stop to their bullshit with the parents' right to education bill, the so-called don't say gay bill. So what did he do? He stopped that nonsense because if you do do not give uh, allow for a child to develop and you're just indoctrinating them with all this cartoonish pornography of, of LGBTQ and all that, what you're, what you're making really is a child that's not only going to be confused, but that's going to go into proclivities. It's going to be inclined to do all these sorts of sexual deviance that normally he would not do. Well, there's a, a, a tremendous changes that t- take place in a child's brain when they're seven. And they, they go from being, you know, just really innocent to achieving what in my faith we call the age of accountability. And it's why as Mormons, we baptize our children when they're eight, because we understand that there's, there's a significant maturing that takes place during that year. And then by the time they're 10, their core identity is formed. But if you're able to traumatize a child just by like molesting them, it splinters their little souls, you know, it splinters their mind. And I experienced this as a child because I was, I was tortured as a child. So I have a deep understanding of what happens when that happens to your body and your mind. And you get fragmented. And in these fragments, you have just this trauma almost residing to come back and bite you at certain points in your life. And it shows up as mental illness. It shows up as anxiety and depression and suicidal depression. And I've had all of these things. And then when I was 21, I had a full-blown psychosis after the birth of my first baby. And so for my whole adult life, I'm 54, I've been researching and studying and trying to heal myself and have become so passionate about speaking out about these things because when the symptoms show up the inclination of society is to drug the symptom you know we're just going to cover it with antidepressants anti-anxiety pills and that'll make the person all better it doesn't the drugs don't fix anything they just give you symptom relief and so i'm all about really digging deep and finding the core sort core sources of the trauma and then healing it and then i'm part of groups that are trying to prevent the trauma in the first place by educating young parents about what kids need. You know, under the age of eight, keep the baby close to mom. Keep it in the mm-hmm. family circle. Teach it good good and evil. Teach it the commandments, you know, and then keep it safe. And if you do that, my gosh, you come up with this bulletproof kid. And I don't claim that so, we did it as parents. Our five, our five kids are all adults. We don't, I don't claim that Jenny, we did it. We tried. You know, some people would claim that, okay, so I hear this, um, and I think earlier you might have, I don't know if the saying, I think the sickos who might say this, what is it? Is like, is it after eight, it's too late would be in their minds? No, because... it's before eight or it's too late. They have to molest them before the age of oh, eight. Oh, I see what it is. Before eight or it's too late. That's right. what you the have molesters to get... have that concept. Okay. Because they yes. know they can groom them later better if they can break them before eight. Okay, and good, I got that. And it's what Vlad was saying is something that I learned about subconscious mind from clinical hypnotherapy school at Hypnosis Motivation Institute that's about up to seven years of age. So this makes sense, um, this protection up until, as you're saying, until age 10, right? I think that's the ideal number. And it's not like you have to necessarily homeschool them or completely cloister them off from society because there is so much value in community. But it's about creating a, a lifestyle where they just are not, nobody, no predator is allowed to, um, to have access to them. You know, no right. slumber parties, 
no um now, play dates with kids you don't know their family yes. you know now uh, i heard you and i'd like you to continue on that because uh, you did say that and what was the the lady's name that you had the show with because i remember you said these things to her too or you were speaking on the show um oh i've had most, several guests i've had several guests on more recent was, it, ones. was it lynn greesemer talking about her porn book um Hmm. If you click over to know. my show page, you, you can see yeah, the interviews I've done over the last yeah. month. I've interviewed um, several people. But, uh, yeah, I do remember <clears throat> you saying uh, some of these things, too, um, on that episode with her. Let's see. Which one is it? Uh, testing audio. My best friend, Lynn Greesemer, just wrote a book on pornography. And her goal is to set, oh, yes. set up a society help set up a society where it just doesn't happen. You know, you, you don't feel any desire to look at it. Um, it's been banned. So, you know, people don't, especially young people don't have access to it. And then we teach people healthy lifestyles, you know, hmm. just common sense. So now, now the other thing here is though, is that, so even with all that being said and how you have a, an approach that, that sounds healthy, some people will argue that um, bringing them up uh, Catholically, if that's a word, um, through, in Catholicism or through Christianity or anything like that, is in itself a type of um, torture. They call it religious trauma syndrome, and they say that children shouldn't be taught uh, these kind of things in a religion about being burned in hell and all this other stuff they say. What do you guys think about that? Uh, that is complete garbage, Hakeem. Hold on, let me speak on the agenda. This is complete garbage. How could it be torturous when, if you don't want to be Roman Catholic and you've gone through the formative years, I, I've met, I've met, I've met in life, I've met those that claim that they were, they were at one time or another Roman Catholic or evangelical, and they walked away, but they leave with respect. They know that when they meet up with their families, that even though they might call themselves agnostic or atheist, they have respect yeah. when, when they're there with with their family, they're not attacking the religion, despite that they don't agree with it, despite that with the, but they never say, I was tortured. It's usually people that assume that are atheists, that never had a religious background, that come up with this nonsense and just easily just talk crap. It's usually people that have been jumping around from one religion to another. They were Muslim, they were Christian, they were uh, Jehovah Witness, whatever you want to go, pantheist, New Age, whatever. And then they said they went through this trauma. No, nobody subjected you to that. I mean, there, there's I people that just that speak ill. You know, I yeah, but you 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 don't come around that. you don't co you don't come around as a victim you don't come around saying those no, things. they're just some people they that they, me. Was, you know it was an exactly of me like looking at all these religions and what so 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 therefore for a lot of these guys and girls that come up with these arguments they usually if they hear that the Catholic Church is is full of pedophiles and they're being sued therefore every Christian and, and religion and everything came out of out of you know Christianity, post Protestantism like Mormonism and Jehovah's Witness. They're suddenly also as bad as Roman Catholicism. No, yeah. and that's not the case. There all there will always be abusers. I agree, but like Mormonism and Jehovah's Witnessism and, and Protestant Christianity, they allow their priests, they allow their bishops to be married. That's why they don't have this problem. In Roman Catholicism, uh, you, you do the, the most stupidest thing of telling people to be celibate who are naturally not celibate. Right. You know, that's why there's all sorts of st stuff going on, and it's not rare to hear. 
in the background that 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 priests and and nuns are engaging in illicit sex you know because the church over here wants to unfortunately it seems like it's also become sort of um systemic you know um like just because people have had to compromise over the years um because of this restricted sexuality whereas jenny was talking about the proud boys and how they're encouraged to marry and reproduce but through marriage you know not and um they're encouraged not to watch porn and not to masturbate i'm sure there's a lot of other things but i'm sure jenny you were just being brief of just listing off a couple things um and uh but those two things and then getting married i mean that's that seems like not a bad idea i mean um i mean some people also will argue that there's problems with that but i can see how that's that's not a bad idea because even you know right now in china they're trying to get people to do that because the government says that the male citizens masturbate too much, watch too much porn, and they're too fat. Um, and they're, <laughs> and, 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 no, Sounds like they're American. Mean, Sounds like they're they American. Hikikomori, <laughs> like in Japan. Hikikomori, the guys that are locked up in rooms for months at a time. Don't I come don't out. Know, man. But the, the whole thing in China, though, is because they want to recruit them. They want to have a superior military. And they're like, you can't have a superior military if you guys are all, you know, out of shape, masturbating porn addicts, you know? Um, so, so it's China. So a, a, a bunch China. of pudgy, a pudgy, a pudgy fat, a chronic, uh, chronic masturbators, uh, porn addicts, right? Yeah, and it's not because they have any chronic disease. It, it sounds like the guys in the Pangburn hangout. <laughs> it's, it's, damn. Um, it's no, because I think, you're gonna I think get, those guys... I think those guys at Pangburn are mostly good guys. I'm, I don't. I'm not, I don't want to dog them too much because I have had some really good conversations. I'm, I would never with them. dog those guys. They have been nothing yeah. but amazing to me. I mean, they're so really smart. Yeah. No, and and Vlad, to your point about people having religious torture, the case can be made that I was religiously tortured by people who are members of my faith, including my own parents, who presented themselves as upstanding Mormons in our community. And unfortunately, I was born into a circle of people in the Detroit, Michigan era, area during the 60s that um, my church congregation also had the Romney family. Mitt Romney grew up in the very same congregation I did. And I believe some of the people of that congregation were part of a network tied to the community. There were people in the schools and in the arts who were satanic and Drop they the were conspiracy. looking boom, 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 no boom. this is real. yes no, and they this, were... this is crazy people are going to tell you your conspiracy theory sorry jenny but um go ahead go ahead this is this is what i this is how i grew up and the duplicity that's involved and william and i have talked about this a lot that there are people who present as certain religions but they are really evil people and they use the religion as cover isn't that you know, the way to do it right the best way to do it well, that's what they did. And it is from those people, these upstanding Mormons that I've been trying to heal. So I'm totally sympathetic to anyone who says I experienced religious torture. I don't think they're using those words by accident because that's what it was. They say torture and then they call it specifically RTS, which is short for religious trauma syndrome. Right. And I've had that. The difference between me and some of those people. I, I don't know if you've... Uh... Jenny, I don't know if you've heard Madison on the Pangburn Hangout, and I've had to correct her on some things because she usually talks about 
that she went through this torture thing with her mom. And when she explains herself, she basically is saying, my mom was strict with me. My mom, my mom was strict. She was a strict Christian. Call her, call her an independent fundamentalist Baptist or whatever, say what brand of Christianity. She was strict with her. And, and she goes, why would she like that with me? I go, let me tell you one thing. I've heard of those parents. I don't necessarily agree with them, but I respect them because their job is to, is to create a child, okay? Not only made after God's image, but in their own image of, as their children, as their offspring. But at the same time, what they're trying to do is they, maybe they do it to an extreme, is to keep your purity as a woman. That's not and, the type of stuff I'm talking and, about, Vlad. No, no, I know, but I'm the, the problem. Serious ritual. You're, you're talking about yeah things in the church, yes. But what I'm usually comparing it and also in because I've caught her several times and I go, you just gotta forgive your mom because she put her own branch of Christianity. She 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 caused you not to be liberal as you wanted to be, and to, because you said that you weren't sexual to after a certain age, and that's understandable. But you cannot hate your mom for instilling in you good Christian values that you abhor. Because if you hear her really, and I could tell you this in front of her any day of the week, Jenny, she has this hatred towards Christianity. She says she's Christian, but she sounds really worldly. And I caught I caught her and I go, that's not right. You can't do that to the Christian faith. The Christian faith, we have to live by rules in the Bible, moral people. We can't be like the world and no different also with the Mormons and Jehovah's Witnesses, other groups. And, and you have to live by protocol, like it or not. Otherwise, why even be a Christian, you know? Well, our goal, our goal as a family was to come up with some kids who treasured their virginity and protected it themselves. Instead of mom and dad doing it, do it yourself. And so far, all of our married kids were married when they were virgins, and they married virgins. And that, to me, was success. Because even though we failed on some other areas... You know, we really pounded this, that this is so important to protect. It's the most precious thing you have is to keep your body, own, own your body, you know, protect it. Don't let it be defiled by these, you know, immoral acts and, and offer yourself to your spouse, you know, pure and undefiled. And people hate it when I use those words, but they're literally the words of the scriptures, pure and undefiled. And so that's where I feel a lot of success as a mom amidst tons of failure, that this was the focus. And so far, you know, it's worked. But my gosh, you know, it's so far from the worldly standard right now. These young kids, they start engaging in sexual activity when they're still in elementary school. I obviously, I obviously have a lot I can sit in on. But, um, um, well, uh, what was that, William? Because you were there were some super crazy loud noises just now, like there are with me right now. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm sorry about that. Uh, trying to find. By the way, in the live chat, I put a bunch of links regarding the Sandy Hook case, and then the what appears to be the phantom punch in the Jake Paul case. Um, but what I was trying to say is this whole thing is so layered, it's so overlaid. You have the dogma of the Catholic Church that is, and the canon laws that's in complete conflict with, with 
the New Testament in the spirit of the law, on the on an overview, and then you have their canon laws that harbor their felons and move them around the way they criminalize through their Catholic devout uh, members in the criminal justice system and even for the sexual assault groups that then criminalize people like me who won't take a gag order and the money. So Vlad, you know, I, a lot of times you talk in broad brushes about the United States and what a great country and anyone who talks against it are these broad brushes on, on religion and Christianity. It's much more nuanced than that. And there's so many layers and so many societal abuses that happen on not only the physical, but the societal, psychological, and financial level. And so, you know, I, I appreciate your enthusiasm for Jesus. You got to push back a little But I don't discard what you're saying. Don't think it goes like a blind eye kind of thing. I do recognize it. But you have to understand, and, and it's not because of you, but because of like when you go to the Penguin Hangout and other groups that are socialists and all, all they do is lambast and talk shit about religion. This guy, Rudy, he does it. The group that he belongs to with Martin, that's another hater of religion. He loves to go after Christianity and talk all this crap. Okay, you don't live in the U.S., yet you're very critical of Christians in the U.S. coming from somebody that comes from uh, Iran. That, that that was most likely uh, an immigrant to to um, was it Norway, Denmark, whatever in 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 in, uh, in Europe and in the the low the low places they call it the Países Bajos, the, the, you know, and, and so what 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 happens? All you get is all these agnostic, all these people that are so-called butthurt because they had a Christian or a Muslim upbringing instead of looking at the value of what they got. You know, so it's it's not a sexual thing, right? They weren't abused. It's just they hated being brought up religious, and they do it with such disdain that when they hear a Christian like myself, like you, Jenny, and anybody, all they do is is talk crap. I mean, how many times you probably heard this, William? Sally likes to talk shit about Jenny so much. I've had to tell her to shut up already. Have some respect for people. Oh, I we're diametrically opposed. Okay, you're diametrically opposed. Get over it. Jenny's a religious person. That's how she is. God bless her. Move on. You are a feminist, atheist. Live with it. Deal with it. But instead, you know that that's why I I defend the religion the religion. But I'm not trying to defend priests that are pedophiles or pastors that take advantage of you. A little bit bullshit. I don't. I'm like you in that sense. But these are people that just like to look at every little aspect of religion when they forget that if it wasn't for religion, Christian, Western civilized, there wouldn't be no Western civilization. There wouldn't be no U.S. or Europe. But they just like to talk all the crap all day, bashing, you know, violently speaking, in with you know, vilify with bad words, and, 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 and just talk shit. And they think it's going to go unchallenged. That's why I come out adamantly. That's why I challenge them. And I don't like it. I go, you want to talk your crap about religion? You have issues. They're your issues. You know what I mean? But these are just atheists that like to talk crap about Christians are like this. Christian. And you know what? They don't have the remote thing idea of religion because they've never been faithful. They could have probably grown up. Kind of like if you talk to Brady, he talks all this shit about religion. I'm going to go against the Abrahamic, Abrahamic religion. And he goes, I'm going to go against Yahweh. And you know what? what's up with him? He has issues with drugs. He grew up a Baptist. 
Somewhere around the line, he fell, fell off the boat. It's unfortunate, but he just likes to be talking crap after crap, thinking it's gonna, not going to go challenged. Come on. We got to be better than that. Let me get a word in here. What we have here is we have polarization and the nuances are not being actively discussed. I have been gone after for quoting Jesus Christ and calling. And then I say, well, wait a minute now. If let's let me, so if I phrased it about brotherly love and love for one another and humanity, that would be okay. But because I quote Jesus' first greatest two commandments, love the Lord God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and your neighbor, neighbor as yourself, then there's, there's reason to be upset, according to some of these people. And I'm like, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on a minute. First of all, it's the message. It's the spirit of the message. The messenger, yes, Christianity, Catholicism has been used. You have the doctrine of discovery in the 1400s, Pope Alexander VI, that gave free reign for the Western Europeans to basically pillage, plunder, and do whatever they wanted anywhere around the world. I, so what I think what you, hear, what you have here is you have some people who've suffered because of that Western European dogma that came from the Catholic Church. And then they, 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 they do, they're not able to nuance and separate. Jesus was not about doing any of those heinous things, obviously. So his message gets in, um, um, sort of wrapped into this um, uh, Catholic message that has been a, the crimes against humanity for a very long time that John Paul apologized for, They're Pope John Paul. They haven't embraced the whole... All the problems still, obviously, uh, for liability reasons and exposure reasons regarding the child abuse issue. Uh, uh, however, there is, I grew up in Catholic Church, and I went to a Catholic Jesuit college at first. So there is a lot of guilt that's laid on top. Life and the and, and the tenets of the church is, is, is based on a, a guilt type of, um, paradigm. And that's not what Jesus was about either. You see, so what I, what I believe is that people that you cite are, are reacting and they're reacting out of good reason for the, for the, the perversions of the church on all levels, societal, psychological, sexual, financial, and they're just upset and angry and I understand that, and and I remember giving the middle finger to not only the Catholic Church, but Jesus Christ, because I was that place. I was that place, like, Jesus, you're a liar, because I, the Catholic Church tells us that they are the vicars of Christ. It is they are no other religion. So I grew up that way. I was programmed that way. I was mind-bended that way. And so then when I, when I experienced what I experienced in the, in the retaliation, I was like, well, then Jesus is evil, right? And then I had to unpack all that and, and kind of get to what Jesus is really about by actually reading the New Testament and actual quotes by Jesus that I never heard in church, ever. Like, harm one of these little ones who loves me, and better a millstone be tied around your neck and you be cast into the depths of the ocean. That's Matthew eighteen six. In Matthew 23, the seven woes of hypocrites, where Jesus blasts the high priests and the lawyers of the time called scribes. And, you know, snakes, 
hypocrites, brood of vipers, children of hell, you know, like whitewashed tombs full of dead bones of inequities, like saucers and vessels all shiny and clean on the outside, inside full of all manner of abominations to God. He even says to them, how can you escape the condemnation of hell? I read that and I went, whoa, I don't even know about the passive. It's Jesus. Turn the other cheek, you know, in the garden. What he said was don't fight evil with evil. He never said never bring truth to the light, uh, truth and light to, to, to expel the darkness. I mean, he's, in other words, he didn't say don't bring the truth and the light. That's the sword of light and truth and, and to expose this evil. I hope I know I got a little jumbled up there. I know people know what I'm trying to say. So so I understand people saying, oh, you know, look what happened in the inquisitions around all over Europe. At behest of Pope Alexander VI and the, the, the Western European armies of France and wherever. I mean, do you see? They, they have generational trauma from religion, from Catholicism, from maybe some other religion. So, of course, they're going to reject it. Do you follow me? However, what our job, in my opinion, or what my mission is, and maybe, Vlad, you can understand is to embrace their pain. Certainly, I've experienced it personally in retaliations and illegal arrests here while I'm thanked by everybody in New York in writing, including Letitia James's office. Um, and, and, and yet Connecticut, the Knights of Columbus Tower, home of the Knights of Columbus for the whole country, the chief chaplain, Caggiano, is Bridgeport Diocese Bishop. He served under Egan in New York where there's tremendous criminality here and in Bridgeport. He's guilty by a, a accomplice and accessory to crimes. He should be arrested. However, that's not going to happen. So I could say, see, and theretofore, all religion under the, Jesus Christ is evil. No, because I've been in the bottom, suicidal, in and out of psych words, resenting Jesus, resenting everything that happened, and, and all his Mephistophelian minions, the way I saw it. And then I actually opened the New Testament and I actually started reading it. And I went, wow, wait a minute here. Okay, so I think that's the message we could bring. And that can be a healing message. And of course, the, the, the Muslim religion in, um, in the Quran cites Jesus as a prophet some 50 times and some 90 times altogether. I think if I'm not mistaken, you know, don't forget the three wise men came from the East. So I, if I understand it, the Buddhist religion <clears throat> embraces Jesus. Um, and certainly in uh, Romans, uh, uh, Paul says, no king nor slave, nor Jew nor Gentile, nor male nor female. We're all one in Christ's sacred heart. Some people refer to that as Christ consciousness. So I don't hear a brand name there nor Jew nor Gentile. The Gentiles, Jesus was a Jew, and the Gentiles were every other religion. So, well, wait a minute. You know what I mean? So if one digests that for a moment, is there, does, is there a brand name assigned in that? No. So you see what I mean? Um, and I know uh, other people may want to, I'm gonna, I, I don't want to do just like, I want to pause. And so if anyone wants to ask me any questions or or challenge what I'm saying or anything, I'll, I'll, I'll uh, pause for now. I don't challenge what you're saying at all, William. I agree. And I, I think in, in con condemning people for their views or, you know, 
trying to trying to sort it all out. We need to just give each other as much grace as we can. And Vlad, thank you for backing me up with Celia. I didn't know she was gossiping about me. I appreciate you yeah, that, watching that's my why, back. Yeah, when when she brought you up one time, I just got tired of her shit. And I go, hey, calm down. The woman's not even here. You're talking all this shit against her. Yeah, you know what? I, I might not be Mormon, but I'm going to defend her. You know, she's honorable listening to her. I go, yeah, she's diametrically obviously opposed to what you believe. You're a feminist. You're on the left. You're socialist. She's a traditionalist. She's pro-Trump. She's on the right. I understand her. I respect her for that. I go, but you got to stop, you know, making her look like she's the devil. She's not making you change anything. Shit, she's in the U.S. You're in Argentina. What is she going to make you change? You're an older woman. You're setting your ways. What are you going to change? Oh, just because she's not pro-abortionist like you and pro-vaxxer and all this, you got to stop that shit already. I'm like, you know, I, I got tired of it. I was like, should I let it go? And and she may try to make yourself like, look like a victim, but I, I told her my way, you know, you got to stop that nonsense. I go, because you wouldn't say that in front of her if she was right there. You took probably just fear, and that's not right. If you can't back up your, your shit in front of a person, then really, you got issues. And, well, I appreciate and that because I've noticed whenever I chime in in a room where she is, she immediately comes into the queue and, and tries to talk me down and she just doesn't want to hear anything I have to say. And that's okay. I mean, I've got my own show and I can talk and share my views. Yeah. And I appreciate when Hakeem's the host, because I think he does a really, really good job of letting everybody speak. And so I appreciate his efforts. And, and in terms of what William said with, with just, you know, the nuance and the, the layers you know, I really think the position of just allowing people to set their own pace about what religion they choose to practice and how they choose to raise their kids is is the appropriate posture. And I've really had to grapple with this as the mother of married children. Uh, I have kids who've chosen not to practice my faith. You know, they're going a different path. And so I'm sitting here going, what are they going to teach their grandkids? Are, are, are my grandkids going to be taught anything that I value? you know, and I've had to detach and just say, these people are adults. I'm the mother and going to be the grandmother. What is my role? My role is to love and accept and embrace. And if they want my advice, they'll ask for it. But most of the time, adult kids don't want their parents' advice on anything, especially in their 20s. So I've had to detach. And honestly, it's one of the hardest things I've ever done. Yeah, that's got to be kind of difficult that because you're very um, passionate about your faith and and your belief is strong and for you to say that you at least one of your children don't follow one follow the faith and you're already concerned about your grandchildren that's that's definitely difficult i can um well i think my kids are level-headed good people and whatever way they choose to live, religiously, politically, most of them are Democrats too. Um, and lean, my daughters lean f- feminist. My in-law daughters do for sure. And so, as they have embraced the culture that I abhor and that I do not choose to embrace, the question is, how do we all get along? How do we? How are we to function as a family? And all I can tell you, it's with a lot of patience and love and kindness, and. The person who's failed the most at that has been me. I have really said some unkind things at various junctures that have hurt my children's feelings, their their spouse's feelings. And sometimes it was done unthinkingly, you know, not really aware of how hurtful my words were. 
but you know, it smacked me in the face pretty hard and uh, really created some wedges in our well, relationships. That's why, uh, just to talk about, just to touch on what you mentioned earlier, um, one of the reasons why um, in my space, whenever I'm talking, if anybody comes up to speak um, or wants to say anything, I'm not going to be bothering about chiming in too much because um, I'm just here to learn about how people feel and think. And, um, you know, there, there's been one time where I've actually gotten really angry at somebody, but it's just because they were going on. Hey, go ahead. They were going on about saying things, picking up the conversation that I didn't say. But to me, as long as everybody's just cordial and you're all just speaking your ideas, I don't, I don't, I don't ever really feel a need to get angry about um, you saying, because, you know, I'm not Christian. I don't believe <clears throat> what you believe in. And a lot, I mean, there's some overlap of things that I do agree with, but um, the other stuff I don't really see at this point in time <laughs> it, it, to, to, you know, to be any kind of negative or upsetting way about it, because we've already, we've met here we had our feeling out period and now I'm just like, okay, you know, you're not, you're, at the very least, at the very least, if I'm saying anything at all, you're harmless. You know what I mean? Like I'm not, I'm not worried about what Jenny's going to do or what her message is going to be, or if she's going to be in a screaming match with anybody. You're just going to have a conversation and, and speak your piece, which I can just appreciate. Can I, that's all. I'm so glad. Can I say something to Jenny, uh, Hakeem? Jenny, I, I kind of noticed, you know, it's, it's sometimes, you know how they say, Jenny, when you, especially like right now that Thanksgiving is right around the corner, you know, we don't discuss politics and religion. In my family, it's the other way around. We do discuss politics and religion, but it's got to be respectable and it can't get nasty or cannot get nasty. We, can, we don't get into debates. And when we see that it's getting a little bit, uh, you know, tense, you, you got to let it go, move on, change the topic. But one thing I, I do know is, is it's kind of become common, I don't know if this happened to you, is in a lot of these atheist, secularist groups that it could be your family members, they expect you not to push religion. And usually when they do that, I've had to push back. I don't want like to be nasty, but I tell them very clear, you know, I'm always going to be Christian and I'm always going to share the word, whether you like it or not. If you don't want to listen to me, well, that's going to be a different story. Well, tell me and I won't show up to your parties or whatever, but... Usually I have to also put clamp down on that because the the thing now, and this is what I've seen on the Pangburn Hangout, even though they're not my personal family or anything, is to try to push back on any 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 religious message. And I'm not saying you're proselytizing, you're preaching to no, it's just simply like William said, you say you quoted something from Jesus, you quoted the Bible, and maybe you, you give a little bit of, of, of Jesus to them, and immediately the devils in them react. All those demons react and they just start talking nonsense. So I've noticed that they've kind of becoming like a trend in our culture, especially with the younger groups like the gener the Gen Zs and stuff. But I, I've noticed that it has to be put in its place. Again, I don't know what you personally said to your family, nor I'm trying to inquire, but what I'll say is don't ever be ashamed of who you are and what you profess. In your religion again i might not agree I'm, well, i'll have to agree to disagree in regards to mormon but i will never put you down on that what i would say is always profess what you believe and you should have that freedom and no one should ever make you feel bad because 
you want to talk about your prophet, you want to talk about the gospel, you whatever, you know, uh, whatever it is of, of, of God that you want to talk about, you know, we have well, that freedom. I'll tell you, this... Vlad, mm. um, one of my sons married a girl who uh, graduated in political science. So she's, she's a, a vowed leftist. She's a feminist. And although Mormon, she's not practicing anymore. She was raised Mormon. And they have left the church. And um, I wasn't as kind to her as I should have been as a new member of our family when they got married. And I made some disparaging remarks to her face and um, about politics. And I did some things that really, you know, hurt her feelings. And if I had it to do over again, you know, I wouldn't have done any of that. I would have just talked about the weather because it has created so many bad feelings in our family and between me and my son that I think it's honestly the bit, one of the biggest regrets of my life. And I mean, this just happened over the last couple of years and he won't, my son won't even talk to me and it's broken my heart. And so I just, you know, I, I preach kindness, you know, and especially based on this personal experience with my own family, you know, we can always be kinder. We can always be more, more gentle. I can still testify about my religious beliefs and share my political views, which I am very willing to do in any forum, but especially with those closest to us who are developing their worldview, this girl's under the age of 25. She's still trying to figure it all out. She should be given oodles of grace for her to mature. There's an old saying, if you're not a liberal under 30, you have no heart. And if you're not a conservative over 30, you have no brain. You know, there is some truth in that. And, you know, that of my life. What'd you Honest say? That's the story of my life, honest to God. At 31, I discovered that I was truly conservative. I'm now 49, and I did never walk back. I left the Democrat Party. So go ahead, Jen. My, my point is that we, we always win when we're being kind. You know, that's, that's the answer, so just be kind. And I was not as, not as kind as I could have been to this new member of my family, and I wish I could do it over. I want to jump in. Hold on. Okay. There's also a lot to talk about there. Um, it's a real challenge when buttons are being pushed to be kind. You know what I mean? Um, and I understand that too, because those buttons are touching wounds. Do you follow me? And so I just want to reiterate that when I hear some people, the, the Catholic Church has done more to drive people away from Jesus's true message than any, any other uh, messenger out there. And they have made people feel disdainful about all Christianity because people aren't differentiating. Do you find me? Of course, the Protestants fought the Catholics. That's the whole point. That's why they were persecuted. But that gets lost, that translation right. and transition. By the way, that's the one reason why I really love the Catholic Church is because it scares people from Christianity because they're the scariest. <laughs> they're the scariest movies, right? Like The Exorcist, yeah. and like every time, every time um, Christianity is or Catholicism is in a movie, it's crazy stuff like The Exorcist and um, like the, uh, the Sixth Day with Arnold Schwarzenegger, and um, you know all these like unholy movies. 
and you know with everybody and, and all the Latin right <laughs> right and it's like um somnium timoris disidido and they just do the scariest stuff so anyway sorry when, when Hollywood could have got it right it, it it took it uh it went south I just want to tell Rudy Rudy put on your camera I need to see you brother before you speak I need to see you all right so so with that in mind, however, we can talk about Hollywood, too, and how this is all intertwined. Do you follow me? But the, the point is, it's driving people away from what, what's Jesus's message. The first two commandments that he gave, uh, again, love the Lord God with all your heart, mind and soul and love your neighbor as yourself. It's all about brotherly love and caring for one another. So upon which all he says, all the laws of the prophets are built. But we don't hear that in Catholic Church. You see what I mean? That's not the message brought. Also, the message of the resurrection and the life and is, is what one would think would be emphasized, not Jesus suffering on the cross. As a little kid walking into Catholic Church, I remember very vividly being frightened. William. I'm looking at this huge statue of this man who's nailed to a cross and bleeding. That's scary. Right? William and Jenny, listen to this. I remember this now. Um, I think I was still a teenager or maybe in my young 20s, but I found this, um, this, this really cool cult called the International Church of Christ. And <clears throat> they had this thing that they handed out called the, um, the a medical account of the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. <laughs> I read this shit and it made me cry. It actually traumatized me in the moment hearing how Jesus suffered. He, he medically, he medically took apart and, and described in great detail what a crucifixion, crucifixion was because of course we have evidence. Crazy people still do stuff like that every once in a while. Um, but as medical doctors who've done cadaver labs and all this other stuff like that, anyway, I was subjected to reading a medical account of the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. That was very traumatizing. <clears throat> um, and the International Church of Christ has uh, the great distinction of also sexually traumatizing me um, by uh, in, in this in, in the same time period. Not really. No, nobody uh, put their hands on me or anything like that. But um, and it wasn't really that bad. It's just that it was like shocking because I thought that it was at this time when I was like, okay, I'm trying to purify my life and I'm going to give myself to Christianity. And so they do these things. They 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 set you up. They they only want you to be with somebody in the kingdom, right? So, because, you know, you, you don't want to marry somebody who doesn't bring Jesus and, and God into the, into the life, into the family. So they set up these chaperoned dates, um, because you can't go on a date alone with a, you know, with a woman from the church, from the kingdom, without having a backup. So you have to go with another couple, so it's a double date. But what they didn't tell you, anyway, long story short, they separated the other couple that went with us. I thought we were supposed to stay together. But then, this woman that was on a date with me. Um, started asking me all these questions, like, so do you eat pussy and like all this other stuff? And it's not like that was bad, but it, at all, like to, for anybody to talk to me about about that. But it's just that it came out of nowhere. Like it was just like it was like, it was for real. Like you would think like a demon possesses somebody, like how they show it in Hollywood. Because one way, you know, time we're talking about the Bible and just walking down the beach and you know, and then, hey, so do you eat pussy? And I'm just like, what the hell? It came out of nowhere. And like I said, I was in a different state of mind then because I'm all trying to get into it, right? Like, let me uh, be a really good Christian and let me, um, you know, abstain and I won't drink and I'm not going to do all this violent 
fighting and gangster stuff, and then to get hit with that. Anyway, that's a little sidetrack, my story there. But I'm sure you've heard of the International Church of Christ. <laughs> did you join this group, Hakeem, or did you just like go on this date for, and say uh, goodbye? For a short time, I I was getting groomed and coaxed into it, and so yeah, I was I was really just putting myself into it. And the thing is. Jenny, is that there was a time in my life where every time I would pray, um, people from the church would come to me like almost immediately. So this time I was crying about something. I was having some kind of trauma in my life. I don't remember what it was. Um, maybe 19 years old, maybe 21. I don't know. Somewhere in those, those years, it was a big blur. But I was on the beach and I just remember falling down on my knees in the sand in North Hollywood, Florida. North, North Hollywood. I mean, North Fort Lauderdale. Sorry, North Lauderdale. And just crying and talking to God. And very shortly after that, like maybe the next day, these two guys come to me from the International Church of Christ at my job that I was working at an AMC movie theater at this big complex called Funscape, where they had like, it was like you could bring a bar. There was a bar. You could bring drinks into the movie. It was crazy. Um, first time I had sushi. Anyway. So, so you felt like these people showed up in answer to your prayers? Right, and, and, and then this kind of thing would happen repeatedly over and over again, and it started getting weird because it would happen when, um, it would happen when, it, 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 so it just happened with all kinds of religions, because I went through a phase where I was looking at Buddhism, uh, some other stuff, I get what else, but, and then Scientology, and I just remember when I was thinking about these things, all of a sudden they would like almost immediately just pop out of nowhere, like in groups of two, like two people would just come out, and like for real, like one day I was at a park, and I was thinking about something about Scientology, and then straight up to Scientology, these ladies from the Sea Org walk up to me, and they're like, hey, you want to come get a stress test? And I'm like, what the hell? I was like, how is this happening? So I felt like there was, like I was creating stuff with my mind, like I was conjuring these things in my existence with my thoughts, because it happened way too many times. It was like, oh, man, what, about, what happened to those Namiho Renge Kyo people? Next thing you know, Namiho Renge Kyo, Namiho Renge Kyo, hey, you want to come to our... I'm like, what? That's uh, wild. So what do you, do you practice a faith now? Yeah, um, replian, um, replianism. <clears throat> Never heard of it. Well, I think it got created today um, on the Wisdom app. There's a guy uh, named Adam Repley who does a show called Daily Affirmations. And a guy named Daryl with the dashes jokingly uh, said he's starting a religion called replian. He said he's a replian, and I just put it um, on Twitter as that I'm a replian, and I put a, a link to their show, and um, I'm just going with it for now. Hard <laughs> because that's how hard carrying much... member. <laughs> because that's how much religion is to me. Like I, I I've adopted the um, the I call it the omni factor, which is that I have an understanding that God is omnipresent, so is everywhere all the time omniscient, all-knowing all the time, knows everything all the time, and omnipotent, has power over all things all the time. So therefore, there's nowhere that God is not. So God is everywhere. There's, there's no escape from my thoughts or prayers or anything that I think. So I might as well just do what I'm going to do to the best that I can do it because there's, there's no... I can either say yes or no, God. So what am I supposed to do? I have to make it's it's the ultimate to me understanding of breaking down and simplifying of the free will idea. It's just that I have to make the choice, and so I'm going to do the best ones that I possibly can. Because well, that sounds like everywhere. good religion to me. 
hey, I went and checked out that wisdom app that you told me about, you know, and I, I just mm. felt like overwhelmed, like I'm on too many apps and I just didn't feel like I had the time, but it does look like yeah. a really cool app. It is. Um, and you gotta, you know, it depends on what you want to do. Um, I uh, have uh, a schedule where um, I have a lot of time like this because um, I make a lot of money at night when like doing security work part time. And it's enough for me to because, you know, I, I've decided ahead of time a lot of things. And one, I don't have children. I don't have a family to take care of. My wife is not with me anymore. Um, you know, she passed away a couple years ago. And, um, and even then she was just very, uh, we had a lot of similar um, drives and goals and motivations. So we were just kind of supportive of each other that way. But, but I still have just an enormous amount of time. So, and one of the things I like to do is um, experiment with technology for the, for the, for the purpose of documenting um, all of my uh, learning experiences and interactions with as many people will allow me to. So that's why something like this is perfect for me. And I just have found a way to use the different applications in different ways. So I'm not on all of them all the time. Like I have, you know, Clubhouse and uh, Twitter spaces and all kinds of other stuff, but I, I don't go on them. It, it seems like there's a lot of activity on some of them because I have tools. For example, one of my podcasting, one of the three that I use, which is Colin, Wisdom, and Spreaker. Spreaker broadcasts like every like to like fifty different places at once. So I just I've you know, got some I, of I, my content on Spreaker too. Yeah. So you know, if you want to, you can connect different things. Um, but yeah, I just uh, I forget what question. I just kind of went off and trailed on something. But um, just wisdom uh, telling us about your oh, platforms. Yeah. So yeah. Anyway. I get you and I just, I have purpose. I'm a busybody, and I have a lot more time than a lot of people have. That's one of the things that allows me. I think, I feel like it's just important for me to say that because sometimes people get this idea when they want to be content creators or do stuff like, and they see like, I have an enormous amount of content online because I'm always doing something and I've always just designed my life that way. And so, but so, so some people might be intimidated too, like if they're trying to get a message out, even if it's not as a content creator or a digital creator or these influencers or all these titles, coaches, teachers, trainers, just make something like me. I'm just like world reading club and I'm going to read stuff and I'm going to talk about it. And the fact that it's recorded, the whole world has the opportunity to scrutinize it. What better way to, to go to school for free? If the whole think... world has access to the stuff you're learning. You know what I mean? They can say he's either an idiot or he kind of knows what he's talking about. But this is like the ultimate in letting people know what you're about. Like, I just think it's great. Sorry, Jenny, you, you're saying. No, I do too. I think, I think so many of us here on Colin have similar personalities, especially the ones who aren't paid to be here. You know, we're just mm -hmm. learners, lifelong learners, and we're trying to connect and share our views and yeah. debate. I love debate, you know, and, and have the awkward conversations that I cannot have right now with my children or people in my day-to-day -day life because I open my mouth just like in my Mormon circles of women and stuff and they just think I'm nuts you know any <laughs> anything I talk about politics or whatever it's like most women talk about the color of their drapes you know That's and well, home decorate I'm Jenny, just not into that you um you fit the category and um of I think I forget who it was I think it was Margaret Thatcher or who one of the um, 
a prominent figure in England, um, slightly after the Victorian time, I can't remember who it was, but uh, they said something that I like to follow, whether it's them or not, it's attributed to, I, I don't, don't even remember her name, so it doesn't matter, but um, what I appreciate with what you do is that you tend to focus your, your talk on the realm of ideas and concepts. You do talk about a lot of events and people, but she has a hierarchy. She, she says that on the lowest vibration or lowest energy, you'll be talking mostly about people, other people. A little bit above that is talking about events and things that happen. But she says the highest realm of thought or you know thinking uh, she believes, and I agree in a lot of ways, is um, in the realm of ideas. So if we're constantly talking about ideas, I think it's just a really good thing. Like, and and so that's the thing that separates you from a lot of people is because they're talking about things, which is on the same level of people, right? They're talking about the drapes and the color of it. And this is what a lot of people are doing. And there'll be lots of arguments and pushback because there are a lot of sports fans and people get into the stats of these sports fans, these sports figures and all this other stuff like that. And they know how tall and how much this person weighs and all this other stuff like that. And that's great. I just, I wish that if people were going to do these things, they would find some way to, um, to cause a positive wave of some kind with it. Not, and that doesn't necessarily mean like you, you mentioned earlier, like especially the, the voices of people not getting paid to be here, you know, so it doesn't have to do with monetization. It means with the enrichment of just people's expansion of their understanding. And what I believe is one of the most important things, the ability to, in most instances, be completely calm and cool with people you're interacting with, regardless of how differently you feel about them. And what yeah, not saying. feeling the need, to, not feeling the need, the totalitarian need to to have everybody think alike. You know, there was a man named William Wilberforce in England back in the late 1700s. He was part of a group called Chatham House, and it was basically yeah, it's one of those old salons of thinkers. And when you really start to grapple with what that group of people did to Western civilization and the abolition of slavery, they were the force behind the abolition of the slave trade. And this little intellectual group in England, the goodness that emanated out from this group is just staggering. And there's a great um, biography of Wilberforce written by Eric McTassis. It's, it's one of my favorite books. I've read it three or four times. And, so, and this one man and what he was able to do, you know, it's, mm -hmm. that's the type of thing I would just love to be a part of. Well, Jenny, you know, I often, because I have a very fantasy driven mind and I like to bring my sci-fi into reality, but one of the things I see, and I borrow this from, you know, currently available science fiction, because almost everything is out there, but in, in one of the movies, this Avengers Endgame, there's a scene in the beginning after uh, Thor decapitates the mad Titan Thanos and they're back on Earth. Um, there's like five years later and, and, and certain things are happening. Everybody's blipped out and nothing and, and people are trying to get used to it. But there's a scene where they're all meeting. And at first they're talking and with the way the camera set up, you can't tell. But then they pan out and you can see that there's only like one or two people in the room and everybody else is in a hologram that's projected there and they're speaking to each other. In these little columns, you know, these these uh, cylinders of, of of light that's that's projected in the hologram, and that scene was also they had something similar in um, in Captain America 2, the Winter Soldier, 
Um, they had the, the Security Council, the World Security Council, in those same kind of cylinders of light projected as holograms. So my point is, like, these avatars that we have here, um, you know, before the video, um, people can show up, and we can have these, like, power circles where people from diverse backgrounds and different uh, spiritual and religious beliefs and philosophies and all kind of things can get together and at least form little coalitions on the things that matter to them. Like, I'm all for um, children's protection and children's rights. Um, I'm even a little bit extreme. Like, if, if it wasn't illegal, I'd be, um, I'd be on campaigns, like, just, like, training people to go and hunt and, uh, like, torture pedophiles. I even have an acronym called HITCAP, which stands for harass, injure, torture, and kill all pedophiles. And I know that's extreme and crazy, but like I said, if it wasn't, that's just the way my mind, I think that children just, there's a, there's a problem with children being disturbed. It's just um, one of the worst things to me. But um, one of the best stories is, I heard, one, mm -hmm. one of the best stories I heard about that sort of uh, retribution was a judge let a pedophile walk. And the next day after the court case, the pedophile's head was on the judge's porch. You know, um, it's uh, it's unfortunate, but it's a huge part of our society that there are judges that are just letting pedophiles walk um, and that pedophiles are getting away with stuff like that. And just especially when it comes to kids, it's um, it's a really it's a really a difficult spot for me. So um, but but so on, my point is, though, on things like that, like we can get together and support each other on things like that. Like there's a lot of people who I support in certain ways. But I don't always, I'm not always up in their business. It's just that I'm like, I see what you're doing there. I support that thing. And so like everybody can get together and have these, like we pop into these rooms. Um, people look at it as like meeting spaces and some just for fun and to hang out and to have company. But a lot of powerful things can be done with this. And especially if you take into consideration that this is called social podcasting. Interestingly enough, that's the moniker that Spreaker has is social podcasting. And I think it's because they started the one of the first live podcasting platforms, um, and but, but with a built-in interface that makes it like, it's actually a really cool thing. I mean, one of the first ones I was on that they now own through uh, iHeartRadio is called uh, Blog Talk Radio. But um, the point being that uh, that this social podcasting idea is now that it's live, um, there's even more power behind it if people were to do like a lot of citizen action live. Like for example, um, and I wish if somebody knows about this, but there was actually um, a guy was freed from prison um, after many years um, due to a podcast like investigation. So a series of right. podcasts actually helped this guy to get out of prison, right? So can you imagine if we're here and we're coordinating, right? And I have another device and I can make a phone call and you're doing some live thing where you're typing on your laptop or whatever and somebody else is doing something and we can chime in and be like, hey, I found it, right? Because we're in these different corners. Like this is the time to be using this stuff, like how you've seen it in like Thundercats and He-Man and G.I. Joe and Transformers cartoons where they're in their freaking command centers and they can see each other and talk to each other and interact live, but they're doing all their research from their respective hubs. And that's the way that this stuff should be used. Like the cartoons and the comic books have primed me for this shit to use this stuff to be like some kind of anti-hero or at least some kind of like lost villain 
because I don't ever really want to consider myself to be a hero because it's bullshit. Well, but when you think model. about the, when you think about what the surveillance state has done and tried to get into all of our business, the idea that we can flip that on its head and use mm -hmm. this technology to out them is incredibly powerful. That's what Never Julian Assange did for the world. Julian used the tools to go after them. And that's why mm. he's a hero. And I personally think we are living through one of the most exciting, dynamic points in history that the world has yeah. ever seen. We're going to look back at this time of just being like, holy crap, how do we live through it? Because there's so yeah. much upheaval and so much change. And yet here we are. I'm talking. I don't even know where you live, but I'm talking right. to you live in real time about these mm -hmm. important issues. Hey, I put yeah. a link in the chat to the Wilberforce movie. Yeah, I saw of, that. Thank you. One of my favorite movies, Amazing Grace. He was mentored by the the guy who wrote the song, the hymn, Amazing Grace. And mm. um, Wilberforce, wow. his, his, you know, Newton was, I think it was John New Newton or Newman, was his it's mentor. one of my favorite songs. Of course, it's a lot, yeah, a lot of people's too. favorite so song, but it's just I a great song. I cannot recommend the movie enough. The book is <clears> fabulous. And I read that book whenever I'm feeling demoralized, you know, to mm. say, nope. I'm going to go back and fight some more because I've experienced a lot of blowback for my words and for my activism. And so, you know, reading Wilberforce's life stories, incredibly so, encouraging. Vlad, I see you. And before uh, Vlad, you say something, I want to tell you, Jenny. So something I want to ask, um, the way that you run your shows, um, are you not looking at your screen or are you really focused on what you're doing when you're talking? Um, because and not this is nothing to say i'm just informing you that that i'm a um I'm, I'm just like a lot of other people and i'm very insecure in a lot of ways and so when i show up to your room your talks and i'm there for a little bit and you don't acknowledge that i'm even there and you're continuing to go on it's very um to a person like me it's disheartening because i'm like hey i'm here to listen um do you say hello or what am i doing am i not even do you even care so I just wonder what your run of show is like that, or if it's because you're focused. Because I know some people have to be focused. Like, so I won't answer. Like, Vlad has come up on a few shows where I've seen him and I don't say anything because I have to, like, I'm, I need to, I know that I need to stay on what I'm doing. Um, is that for me? Yes. Yes. That, okay. It's, um, it's probably just my utter cluelessness on host manners more than yeah. anything and also mm. the fact that because my block talk radio show has been in place for 11 years and my sprecher show and doing stuff now on substack i'm mostly just talking to the void i'm not gotcha. in the habit of bringing in guests and you know and i don't even think you know like what's proper etiquette because gotcha. i'm just thinking no. about creating the podcast but Say i will no do more. better you no, 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 you totally explained it to me. You totally explained it to me because there's other people who I've heard it in different ways from who've adapted really quickly. There's a guy named Rodney Williams who came over here from uh, Wisdom, who that was his thing. He was just used to just speaking to the void. And that's how I was as podcasters. That's how we were. But, you know, fortunately, uh, Jenny, my actually my first uh, foray into podcasting was with Blog Talk Radio. So that was actually an interview show. You said you've had one on there for 11 years on Blog Talk? Yeah, and I did interviews there, but most of the time it was just me monologuing it. Yeah. And especially so, these last few years, yeah. I would try to do shows with guests, and then my work was being messed with 
by somebody. Wait a minute. Are you talking about on Blog Talk? Uh, is it still functional like that? Yeah, I still have a what? show on Blog Talk. Holy crap! I have to go back in there then. <laughs> that is amazing. I did not know that. I thought that because you know Spreaker owns them now, or iHeart, or whoever you know it is. But it's like um, I didn't realize that I had come full circle. That my favorite podcasting app that I actually have to pay for, right, is Spreaker because I pay for their um, Anchorman, which is like fifty dollars a month. Um, but I'm so much so willing to pay for that because I love the features and the functionality of it and what it does. Um, and I well, and to find out that they were um, owned by. You know, or they own Blog Talk is fascinating. Blog Talk was very expensive for me as a host. You know, I just okay. it just got to be where I could. I never paid it. any money for hosting it. Well, they have a free version, but if you get to so okay. many hours, they start charging you. And then, like I said, oh, I was okay. being messed with. I would try to have people on as a as a host, and when you can't even hear your people talking. You know, I'm putting yeah. a link into my show on Blog Talk, um, okay, especially my work around around vaccines. I was yeah. having some of the top vaccine activists on my show and we couldn't even hear each other. Somebody was messing with us. And so I kind of gave up on it. And now I can do shows on Substack, but you don't have the live factor and, you know, being able to talk to people live. And so yeah. I'll, I'll do better as a host in the future. I, well, I'm so frustrated right now with Colin. Have you guys used this music feature where you've tried to upload MP3 files to your page? No, not yet. So I'm just happy, ecstatic to get the video feature because I just asked a question. I, actually, it was one of the last times I saw you on the show with the the author of the porn, the book about porn. Um, I saw that you had the blue check mark. So I asked uh, Charlie. I sent Charlie a message. I said, hey, Charlie, what are the steps do I have to go through to get verified as a blue check mark? And he got back to me a little while later and said, um, we currently don't have a set standard, but we're working on that. And then he said, separately from that, we're rolling out the video beta. Would you like to have access to that? If you do, let me know. And I said, yes. And so that's how I got the, the video access. Um, but I haven't gotten back on the blue check mark. But what's funny about that, this is a little side note, is that right after the ne next day, I read on Spreaker, and of course, you know, Charlie's in almost every room, but it was a, a talk about, it was called um, uh, Status as a Disservice. And it was talking about how Twitter started selling those blue check marks and um, how the thing should be based on merit and what people actually do and, and what they create rather than having that status because it can be fooled in so many ways, even if they are verified accounts that aren't part of the Twitter blue being uh, sold at checkmark. Even though it's an easy fix, you can click on the blue checkmark and it'll tell you whether they're verified in the old way or if it's just Twitter blue. So I don't know what the big fuss is. But um, to, to back to you though, Jenny, um, I totally understand where you're coming from and I just wanted to know because you have to know that there are people like me in the world who, when we encounter certain things and we don't know what's happening, we make up all kinds of shit in our head. And we're just like, and, and, and it's because, uh, to, to be honest with you, like you, you matter to me in some way, like the, the things that you talk about and the impact that you have is significant to me. So to feel like if I'm not acknowledged or part of something that you're doing, I'm like, okay, I have to accept that. But, um, but that's what it, what it might feel like. And so, uh, just so you know, um, sometimes well, people I appreciate, might, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I appreciate that feedback so much because 
again, because I've experienced so much censorship, I'm always nervous about accepting calls. You know, somebody going to come in and just troll me and my guest. And that's embarrassing. If I put out all the effort to have a guest come on, I don't want them to be harassed for my sake. So there's that. But then, you know, I had to ask Charlie three times to get my blue check. And then I finally got it. I said, you know, I'm who I say I am, you know, so there's that. And then um, I just kind of had to, you know, keep pushing it. But my point on this MP3. My point on this music thing with the MP3s is that somebody somehow went into my soundboard and uploaded all these obnoxious sounds that they could potentially use while I'm talking. And I told Charlie about this this past week and I made two test shows to prove to him it was happening because how it works is somebody can come in while I'm hosting a show. Are you are you on Android or or iPhone? I'm on an iPhone. So somebody could come in while I'm hosting a show, hit that music icon at the top, which is a musical note with a plus, and get an audio file from my show or from theirs going on my show. And I would be there going, what's this sound? How's it happening? I have literally heard this happening on Aaron Matei's show. And because Aaron has been so vocal about the war, I think there's just some people coming in like Greg messing with him. And I think they just come in and hit one of these files and then well, it just messes with the wait, sound quality. You said like Greg, because I saw Greg in here earlier. Yeah, he's he's here. I think he's probably a paid harasser troll, but he will go in and just, you know, give everybody smack about the Ukraine war. I think he's probably funded by NATO or NATO interests. But he um, he's I think he's a saboteur, you know, just a saboteur. Okay. So I'm mm-hmm. always on the lookout for those kind of people. I don't think you're one of those kind of people, but. I, because I've dealt with them so much in the past, you know, I'm just a little bit skeptical of people. Well, I get that because, you know, this is the first time that you've ever accepted um, uh, an invite to speak when I've been up here. And so I thought that was interesting. And I was like, okay, good. So Jenny's maybe opening up a little bit. And I get it. Sometimes some people have to be uh, cautious. I don't, I don't care because for some reason people coming up and starting to say crazy stuff, I'm like, you know, you know, I can knock them out and I don't have an issue with that or even having a reputation for being very firm about what I'm doing. Because for the most part, you won't hear me getting excited about anything unless I'm like passionate about something. Um, and even if something makes me angry, I don't really know really anger. Like if my anger just kind of simmers and then I breathe it out. Like so, you know, um, but there's a few people, you know, um, Lance, once he was rambling about stuff and saying things that I wasn't saying, I was like, yo, bro, what the F? And I got kind of irritated for a little bit. And I came back down and I said, listen, I apologize for speaking to you like that, but you got to slow down and not say things that are completely not true. It's like, if you're saying things that, that I haven't said, that's, we can't have a conversation. I was like, you can say whatever you want. Just don't say that I said something, (laughs) you know, because that's very confusing to me. Um, and, but for the most part, everything. I don't know. It's just, I, I, I like your approach to stuff, Jenny. And besides the fact that I think that some Christian stuff that you think is loony, I, but I don't think you're loony. You know what I mean? I, do, I think that, that you have, that you're doing good, <laughs> well, that's, that you're doing that, good work, you know? So. That's rare. Cause most of the time people think I am loony with all the things I talk about and uh, you know, say so you're a nice person. You're just crazy. So I appreciate that. But yeah, I, I, I mean, do need to run. No, I don't no, have any more that, time. 
Yeah, not that you're you're crazy, crazy, but yeah. Anyway, yes, I got you, Jenny. Um, you got to go. Well, it's just I can only invest so much time, and especially on these long shows, which yes, I love yes, yes. and I'd love to be a part of. I have to pace my day, and and you no, know totally do my do my chores and my have tos. But um, yeah. I would encourage anyone out there who's interested. The next time, cute little Mormon missionaries knock on your door, for my sake invite them in and say, Hey, give me your message. That would be a, that would be a kick for me to hear about. Okay. That's awesome. I, well, I appreciate you, Jenny, for lending your voice and, uh, and speaking with us here today. Well, and just one, so, final, one final thing about the MP3 issue. Charlie sent me an email today, direct message and said, they are working on this this issue and he would let me know when it's fixed because i said i'm not doing any more shows until i know that that is fixed and so you can test it on c2 if anybody's uploaded any music files to your soundboard it's it's an issue yeah i i gotta check that i didn't even know there was a soundboard so i'm gonna have to look at it all right and it might not be an android thing so all right take care jenny take care And uh, William, Mr. Bonatati, Bill, you have some serious feedback going on there. Are you, when, are you listening from a speaker? Is that what's happening? You got no headphones on because your volume is up loud all of a sudden and it's like, I'm hearing myself. Actually, I was just muted. I'm surprised you heard any feedback. That means, oh, how is it now? No, I'm talking about before, when you were on before. I see. Well, let me see. Is it okay? Oh. A little bit of feedback. Let me turn down. Maybe it's, it's the um. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it seems like it's fine now. Yeah, I talk on speakerphone all Are the time. Yeah. It may have been Vlad or something. Okay. Well, I don't know. That this particular. Well, who knows? So, um, man, I didn't realize I was going to be on here for this is crazy three hours. Now you guys ate lunch with me and everything. It's been a quiet, slow morning at the dojo. It's already one o'clock, which is cool. So in about 30 minutes, I may have uh, one of my sparring partners uh, um, <clears throat> uh, Jasmine may come in and then uh, and then Faye and uh, Bradley may not come in today. He may come in on uh, maybe Saturday or Monday. So. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna be doing uh, next. I'm gonna go ahead and do the the piece of content for um, for the World Reading Club. I'm gonna do the uh, talk about the um, Barnes and Nobles card. I know people know it. It's like it's really simple stuff. But I've learned from my website exercisingyourmind.com that like some of the most simple little instructive things people appreciate. Like just really like elementary school stuff. Like hey, did you know that you can get a Barnes and Nobles card for $25 for a whole year that gives you discounts on da 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 da. So I like doing that stuff and then showing this this book, this book of runes. These Viking runes are pretty cool. So if you guys are around and have time, when you see me doing the runes in the future, 
Um, you can come up and see how they work. I know a lot of people on here aren't into that stuff, but that's what I'm here for, to, to continue to bring something a little bit different, especially, you know, a lot of the philosophic, philosophy people and religious people will both be on my ass about it, because it's like right in the middle of that, like, you know, philosophy people will say that's another form of religion, doing like astrology and numerology and, and, and Viking rune, runamo and stuff like that. And then religious people will also be Christians too, will be like, ah, oh, what are you doing with that sorcery, that conjuring? So it's a cool uh, area to be in that's not popular with uh, a lot of a lot of folks. So that's, I like that, that space. <clears throat> because I do, after all, come from a guild of spies. And what are spies? Spies are liars, thieves, and assassins. So, so I'm a bunch of deceptive killers. So I have no shame coming from a clan like that. So, um, I'm going to do that next. Um, go take a walk on the dark side. But first, do that through the World Reading Club. Uh, William, Mr. Bill, or uh, Vlad, do you have any guys, things that you want to... Uh, to we... Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's so much that came to mind while you were talking to Jenny. I don't know where to end and where to begin. Uh, first thing is, I, I, I think unfortunately, the, uh, let, let me say a couple things that I think most people can can comprehend and, and even maybe feel good about. Some of the quotes I've quoted from the New Testament, but there's also books that the King James Version omitted, like the um, Thomas. Hey, um, sorry, bro. What is going on with what is that? You have an atrocious noise in the background, man, when you're speaking. All right, hold on. Let I'm me... sorry to stop you, but it's like so noise sensitive. It's like, wee, wee, wee. It sounds like a freaking horror movie going on. Go to my uh, amplifier and turn it down. Maybe it has something to do with that. I don't know. Okay, hold that's on. better now. Thank you, sir. Yeah, let me. Okay, so what happened there? I'm just trying to get back to. Why did it well, do... you sound good now. I can hear you. I can hear you just. Oh, okay. There's a little bit of... All right, that's good. Yeah. All right, well, okay. So the Gospel of St. Thomas, which was eliminated by the King James Version, Jesus is saying, I am not to be found in mansions of stone and wood. Pick up a rock, I am there. Split wood, I am there also. The temple of God is in your heart. I think if people heard those messages more, they would realize that it's... Now, a, hold it's, on. Where's that from? Because I heard that in a movie, actually. But where's that from? It did. It was depicted in a movie. I can't remember the movie. You're Stig absolutely right. Stigmata. The movie's called Stigmata. Yeah. Yes. That's the Gospel of St. Thomas, which the King's James, King's James mm -hmm. eliminated. There's like 20-odd books that were in the Bible that King's James eliminated. Mm -hmm. So, so again, that's a beautiful passage. And I, I believe the reason they eliminated that is because then why would people go to church? I'm not to be found in mansions of stone and wood. You see what I mean? Well, the thing is, is that that's the, the blueprint for all of mankind and uh, behind all of um, the money-making schemes on earth is the, the scheme of the church. Um, and that's yeah. why things like that are there is, is the, you know, turn over a stone and you'll find me, snap a twig and I'm there. Um, yeah. the, the whole church-making business is, is the model for corporations and nations. And as well, a lot of people don't realize it's all about hierarchy 
and putting a few people in key positions to control other people slowly down who they, you're important. So it's like the one makes these two think they're important and these two think, make another two think they're important. And it goes, it's the ultimate pyramid scheme that goes on everywhere and they try to put it off as multi-level marketing or you know network marketing are the only pyramid schemes out there. No, those are just microcosms of pyramid schemes of the ones that are the same thing in corporations and in nations. And that whole idea of not letting people know that they have the opportunity to, um, to basically uh, uh, find the truth wherever they go and to be free in almost anything um, it takes away from that concentration of resources and influence to a few. Um, and someone was talking about this before uh, on another show, but they called it the parasite class. Oh, is that you? And we were in one of your shows, but I, I heard the is. predator, predator class, yeah. parasite class. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's you know, and I trained to be part of the parasite class before in, in looking at network marketing companies and training in certain types of marketing, in which I thought was just the way things were. Um, and I actually saw it in action uh, with a guy I was uh, trying to help out not too long ago. Um, he actually took it all the way. He went full retard, man. He just like he would be up on on these these talking apps and just start saying all this stuff about the connections he had and this and that, and making it sound like he had all this money and resources and connections when he just was nothing, you know. And um, and that's that 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 uh, that um, parasite class is that's what they they do is they just sell a bunch of horseshit. And they just and they get a bunch of resources until then all the money and resources they have can cover up for all the bullshit and and that's how they just do it and it's the same thing that all the marketing and all this internet marketing and all this make money in your sleep and and this marketing machine plug and play and all this stuff like that it's all that's all that predatory parasite class type of stuff right there and people don't realize it a lot of people don't realize how much they've been sucked into it but as a person who's trained in it was training in clinical hypnosis, who's decided to go a different way from clinical hypnosis. Instead of hypnotizing people, I teach them what hypnosis is and how not to be hypnotized. And um, so from that, that perspective, um, I can appreciate that, uh, that understanding. But yeah, the, but on that idea of that parasite class, I mean, that's um, one of the biggest things that we're looking at all over the place is that very specific idea and if we can democ really truly democratize things um see the what's funny is that in, in in from my perspective the the flowery wonderful way that and i'm not a politician and i don't know political science in any way but just on my very surface very um preschool understanding of politics what it looks like to me is that that there's a lot of things that are mixed in, like there are financial schemes and, and like governance schemes that are all, you know, it's like in the United States, we're supposed to have the judicial, the legislative and the, um, the executive branches, right? And, but they're all just like a hodgepodge. And so you have these things where, um, you know, uh, democracy, the way that it's played out uh, if it was really put in action, would actually look a lot more like what people call communism. But communism um, 
is, is and that's just common in what it looks like on the surface, like how it's like everybody shares and everybody benefits. Well, in a true democracy, it would be more like that because it'd be more communication, more, more truly for the people, you know, by the people, for the people. Um, and uh, I don't know what communism would look like, but I think that really everybody is trying to send a message that they are democratic and people should be sharing resources and working together. I think that's the message that people try to portray that that's what they're looking for, but ultimately not everybody is actually acting towards that. Um, but I think that's the picture that everyone tries to give off, the image they try to give off is that, hey, we're for everybody, we want everybody to thrive and everybody to be helped and all, you know, shiny happy people holding hands and kumbaya, my lord, kumbaya, oh lord, kumbaya. Right, so I think that people think that um, that it should be all like that. That that's the message that's being put out. And so um, that's the ideal, that kind of utopia is what's put out by a lot of messages, religions alike, and everything. But all of that stuff is comes from that same predator class idea, and it's interestingly enough, it's it's comes from a lot of religions, which are there's only one way. And you have to focus, and it's all about focusing and concentrating attention and resources to one point, right? So to to this church, you know, because wherever Jesus is, who's the only truth, the light of the way, you got to find a place that to point, to focus your laser of attention to the where 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 is the real truth, and so. And, and that's where these lasers get pointed, just like in the corporate ladder. How do I, how do I get all the money? You know, how do I um, become uh, this, you know, top form? Um, what's up, Jazz? Doing all right? Well, maybe a little bit of sparring will be good. That's right. Um, but there's a lot of uh, uh, stuff like that that's um, that, that just came to my head. I'm gonna I'm gonna push that and see how many people that bothers that the uh, that religion and the parasite class are really one and the same thing, and maybe some side.